Dablo Provalovic. Welcome to Soviet Radio Number One Disaster Artists. Welcome, or Deborah Pohalovich, to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survived the apocalypse so you don't have to. <laughs> and this, oh, and I'm Johnny. And I am Comrade Shane. <laughs> oh, yes. I am number 42. <laughs> I am number 47. And this week another settlement is going to need our help. In getting developed. <laughs> Follow Fanta like that one. Okay. Um we shouldn't re- reference the Russian thing from uh, other than... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, this week we're building a, a post-apocalyptic settlement. Or just a settlement in general, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. But post-apocalyptic. This is what uh, what we're going to have to do when after the bombs drop. Because they will. As you all yeah. know, we we fully believe that they'll drop and we love it. We're looking forward I, to I it. I welcome it. <laughs> Happily welcome it. Yeah, I'm, I want bad things to happen. I'm glad... <laughs> of all the bad things there's too many people in the world anyway um, but no this is actually a positive um, <laughs> take on it because like and this is what's funny because uh, I'm sure some people know what we're talking about you know, we, we, you know we've we've been con- ex- accused of fear mongering before which I don't agree with because normally when we're doing like serious episodes we normally start off with telling people that oh by the way we actually live in the safest period of history so uh, everything we're about yeah. to say take it with a grain of salt and this is another one of them that I think is a, we're, we're coming from a positive direction because we're not talking about the world and then we're talking about like even if it did you could theoretically rebuild yeah. even if you're just starting small I, I think a really good uh, I saw an interview with uh, Ray Mears he's kind of like a classy uh, Bear Grylls yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he, he does all these survival stuff on TV and he's all about actual practical survival, not like, look at me jump off this thing and I'm going to piss my pants so I don't get yeah, sunburned. Yeah. And all I'm going to climb down there to attack that snake for no reason, even yeah. though like, if you actually wanted to get through this safely, yeah. the, the, and, the and, idea would be to just avoid it. Yeah, if, Look up Ray Mears if you want to learn actual survival stuff. Like He, he does this whole episode. He's a survival man, isn't he? Isn't that his show? Yeah, yeah. And he does, like he knows something like 30 different ways to start a fire, depending on what climate you're in. And this kind of, like, and he does like a whole show about that. This kind of stuff. It's really good. But I, I remember I was watching an interview with them, and he go, they go, so you'd probably welcome, like, an apocalyptic event or, you know, something that would end society survival. And he's just like, that's ridiculous. What a ridiculous thing to say. And he got really defensive about it. And he's just like, um, I, I would never, ever want to be in a survival situation. I know how to be in them, but I would never, ever welcome yeah. that. He's like, I like my bed. I like having clean water come out of my tap. Just because I'm trained for it doesn't mean I welcome it. Yeah. And he's like, take that back. That's really insulting. But yeah, because, but like, that's the same, like... And the journalist is like, oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. You know, it's real. Like, when, when you learn how to ride a motorcycle, the first thing they teach you is how to, how to like, get up after falling off. Like, yeah, you yeah. don't want to fall off, though. You don't go, oh, now that I know how to, like, st- stop this from happening and, like, how to go limp when I... That doesn't mean you're, you're seeking that now because you know how to handle it. Exactly. I know that's, a, that's a, a very extreme comparison. but it's Every the time same. I get into a car, I put on a seatbelt. Not because I'm hoping I have an accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because you hope that if you have one, you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. hoping that if he gets in the scenario, he can survive. It's not hoping yeah. to get in the, in, in the situation. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, it, it, just kind of backing up, it's just like, uh, 
I'm a very optimistic person. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm probably more pessimistic. But I don't think yeah, that. But I don't welcome uh, the end of days. Yeah, but I think I'm more pessimistic out of like not a fear of it, but I'm pessimistic. That doesn't mean I, I'm yeah. looking forward to my pessimism coming true. Like, <laughs> no, no. and in a, in a very pessimistic way, I'd be very surprised if I get to like my 80s or 90s without something awful happening. <laughs> we can call it out, but should we mention what we're talking about for, like, why this is, why, why we're taking issue with that? Uh, you said it was just reviews. Oh, yeah, well, we didn't say, we never actually said that. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, somebody, let, we, we saw a review, on, uh, a review on iTunes, and it was amazing, like, the, I sent it to Shane, and it was like, I love this, this is the best type of oh, one yeah, star. Like, we're not like, how dare you say that? No, no, us. it's a great one, but, like, we were essentially accused of, like, it's, I was saying to Shane before I turned on the mics, essentially being evil because the accusation, he, he the same reviewer had reviewed other people's podcasts and accused them of like, you know, being responsible for Trump becoming president. That was the first time we even heard Trump was president because as you know, we're in a bunker. Yeah. We, we didn't know that. the inauguration even happened. Um, so he accused them of, of being responsible for Trump becoming president. He accused us of of knowing that that's bad and being happy for it because it gives us something to talk about, which means he's essentially accusing us as being evil because yeah. he's saying we know it's bad and we're happy bad things happened because we stand to gain from them. And even like horrible dictators throughout history, like we're like Kim Jong-un <laughs> even and a Hitler thought they were in the right they're dickheads and they're evil yeah, but they didn't yeah. know it but the accusation is that we know this is bad but are still happy about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that worse it's just like you know that's far worse no that's, that's, no that's what i mean it's it's worse like it's i can't like that's the worst that's the that's absolute the worst, worst thing you could be accused of is in actually doing something knowing it's wrong knowing that it's <laughs> fundamentally wrong on every level yeah. and being happy about that aspect of it yeah what we're doing would be considered fear mongering. That's it. Like I, I think it's actually just an unfair criticism. It's an unfair criticism because, like, to be fair, it's it, it's off topic. Like, it has nothing got to do with the show. Yeah. Like, if you're going to review us and give us a bad one, like, at least make it about the fact that you know we talk over each other. I mumble a bit. The sound quality isn't the best. We go off topic. That all be fair criticism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. We probably should work on that. Or hey, get your facts straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we we're pretty factually accurate. To be I, fair. Yeah, no, it's just like it, it doesn't even pertain to what, like, I don't, like, because the, the thing was, like, they probably, they probably think this, I think was the first sentence in that review. It's like, so you're given, it first, it's a pro, like, if you're using the word probably in an assumption about somebody, <laughs> you probably shouldn't be making fucking assumptions. <laughs> like, but no, I think I think we we're usually pretty positive with our takes on stuff. This oh, yeah. is an example. I think like talking about this, like building the post apocalyptic settlement, it's coming more from the aspect of like you know, three hundred years ago we were using fucking hard strong carts and shit, like, and now we have space. Hundred years ago, yeah. Well, we we did have the automobile. I know, yeah, but, <laughs> but there's still, still uh, people. There's still more common than you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 120 years ago. So. It's 2017. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, anyway, anyway uh, we went from wooden ships and horse-drawn carts to space exploration within 300 years. Yeah. So we can probably do that again, and it would start with something small. 
yeah. like a, a settlement of your own. It's a long road to rebuild, but it can be doable. Yeah, and I think the most interesting thing is taking, um, especially if it's within the same generation, of you have a lot of collected knowledge of, so you you take a scenario of, you know, whatever it is, a virus or a nuclear war or, you know, the death of technology or something in some sort of electromagnetism or something. We have a lot of that knowledge of what we've learned over those 300 years that we can apply to starting over. So we're not starting from scratch. We're starting over maybe by materials, but we have a lot of stuff to salvage and we have knowledge that we can pass on down generations and stuff like that. So it's not starting completely blind, if you know what I mean. It's not starting blind, but you might as well, in a way you might as well be, because we don't. you don't really know who who you're going to meet. Like you take any sort of realistic scenario where you're actually going to have to like start like rebuilding a settlement yourself you'd assume then well 90 percent of the world has to have been wiped out for you to be in that predicament to begin with so like you if if you just gathered 10 you walk down the street now and just gathered 10 random people how many of them do you think will know how to just fucking actually plant a seed yeah well that's very true yeah you are starting from scratch in that kind of yeah i think i think either way i think just statistically i think he the chances of you landing with people who have this knowledge yeah is very slim i suppose the accumulated knowledge of civilization is actually controlled by very like specific things are are very niche yeah yeah when which is kind of mad when you think of it like our 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 food essentially comes from a very niche knowledge base in that sense well it's like this Nobody currently living on the on the planet knows how to make a pencil. <laughs> wow. Because a pencil like the lead yeah. comes from a section of Asia. The the frame, the wooden frame is made in a village in Africa. Like globalism has made it out. Like it's yeah, to oh, make yeah, it's the, separated, yeah, yeah. To, and to get it as cheaply as possible, or not as cheaply as possible, just as speckin sustainable as possible, really. Yeah. That all the aspects of the manufacture, of it, like the the metal to attach the rubber at the top of a pencil, is made in another fucking place yeah, yeah. than where the lead comes from. So nobody or graphite. Or, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, graphite. So there's nobody that. This is only an example. I'm sure somebody there's people that technically can make a pencil, but yeah. it's always used as an example. But like that, there's nobody that really knows how to. They can just do it all from scratch. Yeah. I mean, they might know in theory, but they can't because they can't go to Asia to get the type of lead they use or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So when you say it's so just as an example, it's like that. Like nobody knows how to start from scratch, really. That yeah. it takes a it takes a, a community. That's it. It takes it takes a village or it takes a community. Yeah, yeah. But you, but the idea of you having the community to begin, like you have essentially like starting settlement. It's starting from scratch, scratch, and people learning these skills, like yeah, true yeah. doing. Yeah, it's trial and error. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, um, can you imagine that? You're, you're stuck with, you're building a community and you have like 10 computer programmers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, guys, uh, we need to chop this wood. We're going to build, uh, we're going to build some irrigation through here. Yeah. We're going to, uh, oh, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be vegetable beds. Over there is going to be for livestock. And they're just going to look at you going, what? Like, if like if, yeah. if the bombs were to fall or the zombies invaded while like at while I was at a house party with my friends, 
Oh yeah, and circle of friends, and for, you know, it was like Cloverfield, but for whatever reason, we we're the only ones that survive. Yeah. I would have a group of like advertisers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> some, cameramen. some cameramen, a, a lot of baristas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, there, there's going to be no farmer, no, no. Like, I'd, I'd have a ton of musicians. Yeah, a lot, a lot, I'd have a lot, a lot of, musicians of musicians too. Some journalists and uh, yeah, like. Teachers, and I, a lot a of teachers, doctors, so that's, a few doctors as well. But the doctors are probably like, so you know, you need to get um, some whatever rise and all, and that will sort <laughs> you out. And you're like, uh, where do I get that? They're like, uh, I don't know. And you're like, what's it made from? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you see, what you'd actually need is a field surgeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing is, they're just I uh, know one marine. I know one one, one, know marine, one marine. So um, I, I know a naval officer. That's about it. <laughs> um, so, we'd, we'd, but actually, funny story. Uh, my brother-in-law is a naval officer, and despite the fact that now he did it about fifteen years ago, he did it like he was explaining to me they when they sign up they do army basic as yeah. they're straight off like that's their first thing they do is they spend three months training yeah, with yeah. the army. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I had to show him how to put up a tent. <laughs> <laughs> there are white like in the summer and he was just like oh man I've, ne- I've never put up a tent before i was like seriously you've never put up a tent before he's like no we just build these like proper shelters and tents or there's like there's people who build these big tents he's yeah. he'd never built like a, a camping tent before yeah, yeah. this kind of thing. he'd built like a headquarters tent <laughs> that's what <laughs> yeah. i'd imagine yeah. yeah so yeah like the chances of you having people that you can actually you know, I think you're going to start from scratch wherever you yeah. are. I think, uh, unless you are already in a community of preppers, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people would be content with you know the idea of rationing in the city and all this. But like wherever, yeah. if you know if the bombs fall or the zombies invade, wherever you are in a city, like you're not going to live off stockpiles for a while for a, for more than a while. Like yeah, you're going to get maybe a couple of weeks out of it. Yeah, or even if it was, even if it was, like, something happened where the population was decimated so early that you had a fucking city to yourself for a year or two, or to a small group of people, it's like, yeah, yeah, but that time's going to run out. Like, it doesn't matter whether it's a week or seven years. Yeah. There's, there's like, you've got a finite amount of time, and once the last can of soup is used, there's nothing, and you've wasted seven years where you probably should have been getting a head start and setting up your settlement. Yeah, you could have been, you could have been creating, like, a rotation of crops. Yeah, like, like the more food you have stockpiled, say, or if you came across, you know, just a, a supermarket full of stuff that you could take and bring to your, wherever you were living, that's the best time then to start, like, agriculture yeah. and learning how to sow because yeah. you've got all this food to eat while you're going through the process of learning. Well, exactly. Like the, what are the odds of a terrible disaster happening to you, like right around this time of year now, which is when you start planting seeds. Yeah. So then you're like, oh, thank God, we'll have summer and we'll have grown enough food to get us through winter. What are the odds of it happening to you at that exact right time that it is? And and even then, like you plant seeds today, it's going to be at least four to eight weeks before you mm. can eat anything off it and then it's only going to be salad leaves yeah as well yeah. and so 
Yeah, you need at least that couple of weeks' food, but you might need a year's food. You might need two years' food yeah. to well, get you, it right. You don't know, yeah, because you don't know if your first your first go growing spinach, if you're, you're going to go to harvest it, and you're going to be like, oh no, I I done this, and now it's shit, like, and it's just all yeah, dead. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you're going to fuck up. Um, I think that what we're trying to get by is this: like the day, like the day. The world ends. That's where you should start planning for your settlement. Like, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we say settlement being that can be this can mean if you're living on your if you plan on living on a farm by yourself somewhere. Yeah, but like stockpiles will get you through your first few winters, and that's how you got to think about it. Yeah, like as you said, don't get to year seven and go, oh crap, I mm. should learn how to plant food. But when we're talking about settlement, we're talking about a, more of a community because yeah. that's uh, you know, how you're going to sustain yourself for a longer period. Absolutely. Um, and I like this can be anywhere, but you need to be in a secluded place, like whether it's a suburban estate, a football stadium, like in Old Man Logan, or in Fallout, right. loads of things, whatever. But yeah. I mean, you know, it needs to be somewhere secluded. Like I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of having a little settlement in the middle of post-apocalyptic New York or Dublin or London no. like doesn't seem safe but all the same you don't want to be out in the middle of nowhere and not have yeah. like roads to actually go and like scavenge or whatever you're going to be doing yeah because I, th- I think I think no matter what you're doing you're still going to be scavenging for stuff yeah and you'd hope the world like again we're, we're being optimistic here we're hoping the world will rebuild so that there'll be other settlements so you want trading routes you want to be yeah. A community that can work with others, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Um, but also, you're a realist, and you know, well, if there's other communities, they might not be as friendly as us. So it needs to be fortified as well. So, yeah. so you want it to be like somewhat secluded that you can kind of keep out of harm's way, but close enough that you can trade. I know it's a it's a hard like just deciding a, a optimal location is a hard yeah. one. Where would you see is like a, a good. Not a prime location, but just top of your head, like what? Well, I've a couple. Um, I kind of I've I've three options. I see it as right. Why well, not your personal one? Like we you do your personal ones afterwards, but just okay, like yeah. the sort of top, like it is in a type of place. Yeah, I think you want to be outside the city, but still within like a usable different distance of the city. Unless it's something like the city's being nuked, you want to be as far away from radiation and yeah. fallout then get the fuck out of there but if it's something like a tsunami flood or a virus or something like that and your survivors you say you're immune to the virus whatever then you can still use the city for resources because that's where the most food is going to be stockpiled yeah, that's yeah. where the most you know you, that's where you're going to get the most bottled water or anything like that medical supplies whatever you need you're going to find them much easier there or even in a, a large town and if you're just a good bit away from it like yeah now, where I think is a good place now, it uh, as far as in terms of agriculture, not so much, but uh, like cities with underground metros and train stations, like oh yeah, like can be ideal to start a community. Have you seen Dark Days, the documentary? No, no, I haven't seen it's brilliant. Uh, I think I've got it on DVD. You should bring it with you. It's good. It's like maybe the the only good documentary made about homeless people. Okay, <laughs> but it's about uh, homeless people in New York in the late eighties living in the right. in the subway essentially. But it's like the tunnels, the tunnels that were used while they constructed the subway. Oh yeah, so they're completely empty. Man, they're fucking huge, and some of them open out into like little coastal beach areas and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. 
things like that you would actually not that you can fucking grow crops on the beach but they all like there's places where tunnels used for construction open Mm. out into land oh yeah and like maybe that that'd be a a good field with like with a with a big pipe in the middle of it against a wall would you take like that leads you into a pile of tunnels so you could grow stuff in the field and be hiding in the tunnel yeah yeah would you take something like in ireland like we don't have an underground system but we like you know we're a mountainous area so a lot of our train like our rural trains cut through mountains so there's like big tunnels so you take if you were to like build almost build a settlement within the tunnel just for protection oh yeah and then surrounding it you have fields that you can yeah, yeah and you would still like have to secure them too but you'd be more worried that'd be securing your crops whereas like the people yeah where you s- sleep where you cook yeah where you, where you actually live yeah, yeah. well you take even like Connolly station there like imagine like using the station itself as where the people sleep and yeah, cook yeah. and then like all that land between it and Crow Park like would be <laughs> yeah, yeah. probably not the most fertile land in the world but like you do small like what you're doing in your backyard you'd be able to yeah, do that yeah. on a large scale at least yeah yeah you probably could um, no idea it was just something that's that, like that always that strikes me as like sort of like a very a good quick fix because you have protection yeah. straight away like oh yeah um, then there's e- even something like a stadium actually would be good because it's essentially a field with a huge wall around it. Yeah, yeah. And most of the entrances are big, huge gates that you could close. Yeah, yeah. And seal and and they're pretty high gates. And yeah, actually, yeah, a stadium would be stadiums. Good. That's well, that's the sort of go. That's the always the go to one. Like in all the Fallout games, oh, yeah. there's always one stadium. Like originally in the first few, it was the hub. The hub was the, the capital, and it was just yeah. a bit. It, I think it was. I know, some huge stadium like and is it like all the car park is like a, it's like a shanty town and stuff? pretty much yeah, yeah oh that's cool and then the new in Fallout Four uh, there's another one the I guess the Boston Red Sox stadium is yeah. the I can't remember the name uh, of it but Fenway but yes yeah yeah but yeah and it has got another name like the the name of the settlement I can't remember <laughs> but it isn't as big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, and that's in fucking sure. That's we we're talking about last week in Old Man Rogan. <laughs> like oh, the, yeah. it's where King is. What? Which settlement is in the stadium? Is it Kingpins? Yeah, Kingpins is in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and like say like a uh, prison, like prison army barracks. They're all the the go to yeah. ones too. But I was thinking as well, like uh, it's not so much an American thing, but like <laughs> holiday villages, like in. Like, oh yeah, like Trebolgan down in Cork. Like yeah, that'd yeah. be an ideal place to start. Um, but no, we're in Ireland. We're we we're at an advantage of having a lot of colonial ruins. Yeah. Now they there's not an in like there's not in there to, to of any use to us now. But the reason they were strategically built there would be the reason yeah. you would start you'd be starting a village from scratch there because there's nothing there but they're usually built fucking with rivers surrounding them or built on very high land yeah that you can see like they built forts on them yeah stuff, yeah so you're... the reason they built them there would be a valid reason to do it again after the bombs fall yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. It's, it's defendable or yeah, it's... yeah it'd be kind of like if you just if you if you don't really know an awful lot about defense or, or where to pick out you just look through a history book and just get a list of all the colonial settlements yeah. and just pick one of them and just work on operate on the theory that well if this worked for them it'll work for me kind of yeah absolutely but anyway so where were your personal ones you said you had three oh yeah so if three were 
Um, one is where I live now is my house. I, I lived, I used to rent a house, which essentially its back garden would touch my back garden, but it's a few houses separated. So there's a buzz there. Just stopped. What did you turn to? Trying to find oh, yeah. it. That's much nicer. Um, well, that's because I turned down my mic there. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Do you still hear? Yeah, only a little bit though. See, it sounds the same as it always did for me. Oh, okay. When you turned it down, turn it down again. But if I turn it down, then that's just no, I don't have a mic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, it's totally I was turning it down to see which mic it was coming from. Like, um, no, yeah. So the way it is is it's like these huge back gardens, and then there's smaller ones. And essentially, it's a big oval of houses. So the houses work like a wall around this huge garden. Mm. So what you could potentially do is, if you found your way to control all those houses, and then all the walls that separate the gardens, you can knock down those walls and then use them to brick up the windows. Mm. And you essentially have a walled, huge field. And it's a massive field of all the gardens connected. And you could grow, like, farmland there. And then people could live in the houses and stuff. So you could have this whole walled community. Yeah. So yeah. all the fronts of the houses are all bricked up. And then... But everybody lives the other side. Like, yeah, all the genetic yeah. gardens. I think that would be cool. That would work really well. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably... That works for most suburban sort of estates in Ireland. Yeah, like. yeah. And even across the road then is... There's a park, which is huge fields. So you could grow, like, big crops like corn and grains in the in the park... And then grow like the more smaller, like or more, you could grow like your your squash and your beans and things and everything in your in your own garden community. Yeah. So anything that takes up a lot of space, put out, and then you just have to go and get it when you need it. You know. The only problem with something like that is that it's such a big area that you're not going to be the only ones. Like no, the, you that's need sort of seclusion part. Yeah, you need to work with your neighbors really well, and you need to. But your neighbours then need to work, like, how how mm, the bulk of people you have to work with, how well could you yeah. possibly work with them, especially in, in the the time we're, we're speaking of, you know? Yeah, that's it. It's, so it's all about trying to get people to, like, trust each other and work together and yeah. share resources and stuff, which is not that easy. It, it's very difficult to do that in modern, like, uh, pleasant society in North know, Dublin, yeah, yeah. so... Um, but yeah, um, geographically and strategically, th- those type of options are good. It's the it's yeah. the people that could uh, screw that up. I think yeah, the furthest, the the further away from like the the busy city area, because it's still going to be the busiest place. Yeah, absolutely. Especially we're talking about starting, you know, starting your settlement straight away. So most of the most people won't have died off yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is uh, the country. And where my wife's parents live is like a small town and it's like there's two ways into the town and one of them is over a bridge. Or sorry, there's, th- there's three ways into the town. One is over a bridge. The other are, are like tiny, narrow country roads that you can easily block with like a truck or a van even. Never yeah, mind yeah, yeah. a truck. And so you could easily block it in. Now, people could come in over the fields on foot and stuff, but it would be very impractical for them to do that. And then you've loads of land for, for agriculture, and you have a small community based right in the middle. So it's very easily fortified yeah, yeah. and secured, and it has a small population. 
So what, you'd make the bridge your main entrance and then block off the other. Yeah, exactly. And you can, and then you can always you can control the bridge easier and stuff like that. So it's yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, there's two bridges. In, it does a bridge onto the next town again down another road. And so you can go. It's it's easily fortifiable. Is so that'd be a good one. And then another one is. Um, so I always think blocking off, like making blocking off the bridge, is the best option. And yeah. like making something else your your main entrance because say you arrive at the scenario this is going way far but like you know yeah. the fucking typical Walking Dead Mad Max team where there's an army of the yeah, the, yeah. the bad guys coming into town then you block off like if you just if you're talking about getting away at that point you like block off the main entrance and you escape through the bridge and then you can like blow the bridge or something behind <laughs> That's you like. I was thinking that yeah, you can always blow the bridge that's always an option is blow the bridge but you blow it after you use it as your escape and blow after <laughs> so you trap them in there <laughs> yeah like or if it's just about getting away at that point yeah yeah that was, that was more of a joke like that's what yeah. happens in action movies it's, yeah. it's not a, a real life scenario <laughs> yeah. like and, I can't uh, imagine they've ever used that tactic during a war like, no, you gotta blow the bridge it's, um, we blow the bridge usually to stop usually when they need to blow a bridge it's 200 miles from their settlement and it's to stop the infantry from ever actually reaching them to begin with like yeah, yeah or like, to stop them from constructing their train track to, like the bridge over the river quiet yeah, like, yeah. To stop the trains getting that far yeah yeah exactly um and then you know then the last one then is um was it Ireland or Lambay Island which is off the coast of uh, like Malahide and Dunabate mm. and um, uh, all the way up around Hoth. It's this like big island that's privately owned. And it's, it's <laughs> privately owned by a family. The, take down the owner. Well, <laughs> you see, it's, it's, it's privately owned by, uh, it used to be an old, like from old money kind of family, you know, and I don't know who owns it now, but... Uh, whoever owned it was owned by some lord or something years and years ago and he filled it with uh, deer and wallaby yeah I know this place so there's loads of there's loads of wildlife on it and now there's like there's a, there's a small farm with cows and sheep on it um, and there's a little village of cottages and a big private mansion on it and that's yeah. it that's all that's on it you can only get to it by boat and there's plenty of farmland on it it's an island isn't it it's easily like and it's it's a slightly mountainous island, so you could build a tower on top and like see all sides of it. Yeah, um, that's the classic. That's like when you get a Fallout game. That's what the DLC pack, the, the DLC package <laughs> will be like. This extended this, where you have to go to an island where some there's some settlement and the yeah. the, the guy has become a dictator or there's something creepy going yeah, on. There. Yeah, and everyone's just like, like, welcome to the yeah, island. Yeah, and they're living like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, they're, they're all sitting there going now let's all watch TV and it's like a broken TV and they all sit in silence going I like this one yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is very funny program or it's just they've got like VHS tapes of one sitcom that they just watch on repeat like and, and, they, pretend, and they laugh at every joke yeah yeah <laughs> and pretend like they've never seen it before <laughs> yeah. it's a good and it's like an old Cosby show or something yeah, episode yeah. as well I think we might be onto something yeah that's, that's um, great <laughs> they're even kind of like Oh, like they're even like they, so they act like the sitcom they watch or something like they're dressed yeah. like them. <laughs> but uh, no, that'd be a cool place to go to. And difficult to get new recruits then, though. You know, you, you don't have new settlers coming in. You know, yeah, you kind of have to go there with 
your group of whatever 10 20 people well that's what you have to have you have to do like they've done on the walking dead where they have a team instead of like waiting for people to come to them they send people out looking for settlers that might that might like you know have the same philosophy of them so they meet people act like they're from somewhere else and if they get to know them they'll invite them back to this hidden settlement um it's a good way to do it yeah yeah it's a (laughs) It's a shocking waste of work of your workforce, though. Yeah, in a yeah. way, like you need to have like dedicated like people that are just very good at reading people. Yeah, it's all they're almost like spies and, at that and point, and they're taking a lot of risk going out into the tougher world as well. Never mind like, the fact that in that there's zombies as well. Yeah, well, the zombies aren't <laughs> a risk in that really. Yeah, not in that show. But I could see the point, like, I, you see, I'm somebody that thinks that, like, that's probably more important than a lot of what's going on in the islands. I would kind of see the benefit of going out and doing that. Yeah. So I think you, you would need to find, like, a small group of people who understand why that is a, an important aspect of it. I, I feel like you would be kind of the same. Like, if we were on that island, see, this, so this is the settlement you've picked in your scenario. I guess you, you'd, you won't want to leave the, the island you've chosen. But I feel like you'd see the point, like, of us going off and recruiting others to come back to the island. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then that's a good premise for, like, a, a procedural series where it's me and you. Like, every week it's, like, finding... We go to a different part of Ireland and try to find f- people. Trying to fill our, our vi- like, the village of 100 people. We have to find 100 people. Yeah, because, like, say you have 10 and then you... S- you start the infrastructure and you figure out your farming and all that kind of stuff. So for whatever the first two years, then you're like, okay, if we need to keep this, like to keep us going, we need more people. And then we decide we're going to pick the best 100 people. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, remember that agent from the KGB when he told us we were going to, st- we, we, he was going to send us to start this podcast shut, shut, to shut, recruit. Oh, sh- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we just put up a technical difficulty. <laughs> We will experience technical <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> this joke is... We love your freedom. <laughs> um, but yeah, because you, so you... And that's it, so... Yeah, so we... Yeah, you, you, that's a good part to yeah, Either and, way, we're going to have to... And re- we build a community where everybody's equal and everybody gets the same and everybody contributes the same work. And, you know, there's no higher class or lower class. And, you know, we share everything. A, co- a co-op. A, a modern community. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. What required reading would uh, people have everybody in this can free please. society? Uh, Any manifestos? Can... For no, exam- no, no, no. <laughs> free society. Um, oh, no, but I mean that, really. <laughs> I think that's the way to do it is... You have to have some kind of version of... Well, I think we're getting way ahead yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we'll, we'll get we'll to, get but, but we, have, we have to even start know, the settlement yeah. first. I know, sorry, I was just slagging off there. Because the, the, there's advantages, because so, you're starting small. So if you're on that island and we're going out and recruiting a few people, yeah. we're yeah. going to have a very, especially when you're starting out the first few years, you're going to be... First of all, you're going to be really picky because you don't want to let dangerous people or people who are going to ruin it for you in. Yeah. But also, you don't want it to actually grow too big. No. Because, look, at we in the modern world, we have a population problem. Yeah. Imagine, like, you know, you, you 
you, you need to pick what you can sustain in terms of food or resources. Yeah, if, you, and, if you start a farm with 30 people in a year's time, it's not going to be able to feed 400 people. <laughs> no, you know, exactly. If they work really hard, like really hard, it might be able to feed 50. <laughs> yeah. Um, like the optimal sort of number to start off with, we, we, like give or take, would be like about 100 people. Yeah. And it's a good, like, there's an advantage, the village of 100 people is kind of, in a village of 100 people, nobody's poor. Yeah. Like, everybody would look out for each other organically. You wouldn't need to even start a political structure. You wouldn't even need to consider that yet. But, like, nobody, if you're just living 100, like, how many people did you do your leaving cert with? Uh, Probably about 200, yeah. So, like, everybody you've done your leaving cert with, like, that number of people, half that, and that's who you're living with. Like, everybody's going to be be friends. (laughs) Like, you're going to have little disputes. But... There's even advantages in that, like, you don't even really need to worry about law because people will create law themselves. Like, nobody, if somebody attacks somebody, the rest of it, you don't need somebody who's given the authority of a sheriff or whatever to stop it. Like, people will just look out, like, it's it's the best way to start and you want to keep it like that. It's kind of the best way to live anyway, like, whatever about, like, (laughs) so you just, as you're saying, like, take, like, half the people you did leaving service. Um, so like, uh, I would never take the actual uh, people uh, I don't know, know, say, like, and you'd have di- little disputes just be like what was the fight over he said he didn't like Led Zeppelin hmm. <laughs> no like, there's probably like two and, and then you're like how could you not like Led Zeppelin <laughs> what can I say I'm into techno oh why are we in this yeah. together I'd like, say there's two people I'd on my leave insert where I'd bring to my village of a hundred people yeah there's about four and you know all of them <laughs> <laughs> from mine <laughs> um <laughs> Well, uh, in terms of, so we decide on our place. Now, I'm not sure if I'd go with the island one, but out of your, out of your tree, what, is that your top? Do you think that would be the best? Um, I think it's probably the safest. Mm. It's certainly the, it's, it's the certainly coolest. the safe. It's the coolest and the safest. Yeah. It's not the most bad, it's cool, but it's not badass. I'd like a, something really. Yeah. I think realistically, right, shit hits the fan tomorrow. My realistic scenario is to go to the small town in the country. Yeah, I think because I'm set up for that in a lot of ways. Mm. Like I know the route, I know how to get there. I can easily fill my car with supplies and be there in two hours, and it'll be grand, you know. Yeah, yeah. But getting to the island requires getting a boat and getting on the boat. Yeah, but you can like, which is something I'm like today, right now, I'm not set up for. No, but like if it happens, like. you start planning the day the bombs fall and like in a week you probably can get there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like it's still doable. It's like, I mean, setting up a village is going to be hard work anyway. So like the extra week of planning to get there, you know, it's it's just part of the process. Uh, It's got the advantage of like you get down to this, to the country and somebody's already had your idea and they're like, you're not coming in here and taking it. At least you probably don't have that problem going to the island. Um, or at least not as much of a problem yeah yeah. there's also like the option of like yeah like I guess is is going somewhere where nobody else would go then the best option like a junkyard (laughs) (laughs) and you have like you're gonna find shit at least to fortify it with there and you just like call it junk town and that's kind of badass (laughs) (laughs) or if it's a zombie apocalypse uh, go live in a graveyard Mm. yeah uh, yeah um (laughs) But that'd be, 
very tough to till in the land there. I know, very, yeah, yeah. very difficult. It's a lot of uh, organic matter to fertilize. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you see, I, I guess zombie apocalypse would be a different... Like, oh, yeah, it, because like then you're, you're talking about like colder climates, you'd imagine like, we'll just go to, just try and get to Iceland. It would be grand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um but yeah, just go north. That'll be a separate episode, I guess. Yeah. Um, but wherever you go, yeah, I think the first thing you do, the first step once you actually get to the location, is just fortify the place. No matter what and however safe the world is at the moment, you just want to fucking build walls yeah. wherever. Uh, and then the second step is just agriculture. That should be the this. You just start planning yeah. for farming straight away. Yeah, because yeah, nothing else to. matters. Even before you start building. Before you start building a house, like, yeah, at least start. Well, first, like, so the first thing you actually would need to do is either reconstruct or on day one remember what date it is. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be very easy to forget and then just start marking the days, like, or, yeah, he, like reconstructing the, the calendar is gonna be very important for agriculture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, grab a, grab a magic marker, find a wall, and write, you know whatever it is, like, 3rd of February and day one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah, write it down and then maybe, like, reconstruct, make your own version of the calendar to make it easier to remember. Because you're talking about... simple. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we're talking about it for, you know, knowing when to harvest and plant and stuff. Yeah, you're not going to be like, ooh, it's a leap year. Yeah. <laughs> it's 29 days in February this year. Uh, and preparing for just, you know, so as you know, when the harsh winter is coming or monsoon yeah. season, depending on where you're living, like... yeah. Uh, so that so technically that should probably actually be the first thing you do <laughs> yeah. before you even decide on where you're going to settle uh, is just to start keeping track of the days on day one. Um, yeah, and I guess like the, it, so, you've got you're settling with a bunch of people. Yeah, and it's going to be really hard to begin with because agriculture will require a lot of work well and your work for your, you, I think we, we tried this episode before didn't work because we done it on Skype and I think on that one we talked a lot about the different jobs for people and you would do that but you're not going to give anybody a job other than farming for the first like year even yeah. like that's going to be everybody's job because you just want to get it up and running Yeah, and once you have it up and running efficiently then it'll free up it kind of like keeps ticking over with a smaller number the more yeah, efficient yeah. you get it running like and you'll find there's people who are good at it and there's people who aren't. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you'd be like, okay, you're a farmer from now on. But it'll be like, it'll be like, and like everybody will have a job on the farm, whether they're good or not, to begin yeah, with, because yeah. they'll just need. It's, it's like an animal farm where even the chickens are used, like the horses and the chickens go out to harvest, even though the chickens yeah. can only carry one fucking grain at a time or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you still yeah, need them. Yeah, it's that exactly. important. Um. But so, like, that's your focus for a year. Like, it's all about yeah. agriculture. And, like, you'll find, I think you'll find, like, in a community like that, you'd be like, oh, this guy's good at carpentry, so that's your job from now on, and stuff like that. Like, it'll evolve Ooh. in, like, what people, what specific jobs people yeah, are good yeah. at and stuff like that. And you'll find there might be people who are really good at cooking so they can cook for everybody or whatever, like, in your big community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever the skills might be, like everybody will contribute something. And oh, definitely. Yeah, I think well, that goes. There's no slackers. <laughs> um, there won't be, which I guess 
brings you kind of brings you on to the next point then which yeah. we, we kind of touched on a tiny bit earlier is the government oh yeah so well first of all before you decide on like a government that would work for a settlement you have to decide are are you autonomous is there like do you think you start building a settlement so you have that year where you start yeah. farming before you even decide jobs on anybody else within that year has a bigger government risen around the country oh yeah so are you an autonomous state or are you answer like as they say it happens here the art yeah. apocalypse happens whatever you start this little settlement you start farming go up and running you're about at that point where you would assign jobs to other people has the Irish government already rebuilt itself and you're just back paying tax again? Only now <laughs> yeah. you're all living in the shit. Like, you just don't have internet or electricity, but you're back. And your tax is grain. Yeah, yeah, you're cash, just answering like... to somebody. So, like, because that changes everything. Well, you'd still, you'd still need a local... You'd still need a government for those hundred people of what, you know, how things are done. Like, who... But that's why I'm saying, are you autonomous or are you... Because, like... Yeah, there's certain things that you <laughs> to be really harsh about like if it's a completely you decide the rules for yourself well then like you can decide if somebody steps out of line they can be executed but if you're answering to yeah, another yeah. government then you can't do that yeah I suppose yeah, yeah. Um, so it's an interesting are they two is that two different episodes is one build like I is that too so, yeah. complicated so I don't know another, would, it, would it be like another episode is a, a answering to a new government or whatever i think i'm just a horrible dictator like i mean i started it's my idea (laughs) no um yeah like a new government rising that's very it's bound to happen absolutely like and whether it's like uh some colonel in the army just decided to take over or something well yeah well it has to like i mean think about it it's happened in, in every instance of a yeah. of a society that we have we have known of, yeah, it's yeah. happened. So some like backseat bencher politician is the only <laughs> one to survive, and he's like, "I'm president." <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it'd probably be it'd probably be military. Yeah, um, yeah. But for your own, so like, well, let's say it hasn't happened yet, or you don't know it. Like, you still yeah, have yeah. to establish some sort of rules within your own yeah, settlement. I think so. Um, so your options are democratic, autocratic, or dictatorship. Yeah, I think, like, you you go for democratic and you try and create, like, a council that represents all the people in some way. Mm. Just, like, pick a council of whatever, 10, 12 people to make all the decisions, but everything's voted or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because especially with 100 people, like, a vote's not a big deal. You just all stand on a field and go, like, all in favour, raise your hands. Okay, that's... 60, okay, we'll do that then. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's the, it's easy enough at that point. I think. But you see, it's it's more difficult with a smaller number to be a democracy because yeah. that goes back to the thing, you know, like three, three princes go down in a boat crash and they all, they all like get on a life raft and get onto an island and they decide to have a democracy. And the first thing that two princes vote to take the other prince's wealth. Because like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's essentially what, and that's what a democracy is with a small number. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it kind of doesn't work. Like that's where the, the whole reason like the electoral college exists in America is to stop, uh, you know, the majority rule. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think I can see it like being more problematic with like the village of a hundred people. <laughs> I imagine it'd be really difficult at the start anyway. Yeah. Just trying to, 
Just trying to figure out like equality. Well, like if you have ten thousand people and six thousand people vote one way, you can see why. Okay, this is probably the best course. But when it's a hundred yeah. people and sixty people vote, it's like it might as well be fifty fifty. Like well, might so. as well, but also might as well be twenty AE. Yeah. Like it's like if there was twenty people, twenty different people here. This could have had it completely different, and not just close to half. Like, yeah, yeah, it changes so much. Like, it's such a small number. Like. Yeah, and then how many of that? Like, how many of the sixty people were kind of in between to begin with, and just voted because that's the way their friend was voting? Like, yeah, I think, or, yeah, I think democracy becomes. You don't. I don't think you when you have such a small number voting being a democracy. I don't think you actually arrive at the best. For everybody. You might not even arrive at the best answer for the 60 people who voted that way. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a very difficult one. I think all decisions should be made with eeny, meeny, miny, miny. That's racist shit. <laughs> According to one white English person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a reference to a thing that happened in England with a Walking Dead t-shirt. Um, yeah, well... Or you, you have the option of a dictatorship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look really happy as you say that. <laughs> You're like, well, well you could do a dictatorship. Well, like, that. there's a really, like, you look at every every post-apocalyptic comic book, most novels, like, walking in, in The Walking Dead, yeah. Rick is a dictator. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's the leader. They just say, use the word leader, but what is a leader? It's the person who declares themselves the leader, or, yeah. or who other, others follow because of... Yeah, they now are... he gives them a democratic vote on things, but he's the leader, like, and he kind of has the power to overturn stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, he's essentially a dictator. And dictators have kind of a bad reputation <laughs> in, in recent years, but think of it this way, right? Do you think, you know, like, Obama got, into pres- got the presidency, like, he yeah. made all, like, you, you watch him speaking before he actually got elected the first time, he sounded amazing. Sounds yeah, so really hopeful, all the things he was yeah. doing. Do you think he got into power and he actually, do you think he just was lying all that time? Or was it actually that, you know, Republicans had the House and fought him on everything and he didn't get yeah, his yeah. way? It was like, which do you think happened? Like, it's the latter. Like, it's of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if Obama did, was a dictator, wouldn't yeah. that be a good result? Because, like, the things he oh, was right, promising... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd just be like, no, I'm doing it. Yeah. Like, I don't care what and they're that saying. would be a dictator. Like, he would be a yeah, dictator. Yeah. Fundamentally, that'd be a dictator. But it seems like people would benefit from that. It's just because we're used to, the, in the last hundred years, we have dictators who... <laughs> are evil. <laughs> yeah. But, but it just depends on the person. Typically, yeah. the type of person who wants to do good for people isn't the type of person who wants to have the final say. So that's yeah, why they yeah. don't become dictators. If you take in, like, it, Rome had elected dictators. Like, they would elect a dictator, and it was like, I think, six months. So, if, like, if they were going through an economic crisis or under siege or just going to war, yeah. and they just couldn't decide on the best course of action, the people would vote for a dictator. And essentially, what that meant is, we're going to vote for this person to be the leader. And then he does whatever the fuck he wants. And yeah. nobody can do anything. Oh, right, okay, and yeah. for six months, and he, and like he has to leave after six months. And the idea was that, because they're voting for somebody that thinks good for the job, so that's somebody that thinks yeah, will make yeah. the best decisions and, not, and think about the greater picture and not the individual, yeah, yeah. which we can't do, so we'll vote for We're him. Without getting caught up in politics, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll vote for him to do that, and then he'll do it. 
Also, it's I like mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an actual a job. A position is to be the dictator. Yeah, right yeah. Um, it was essentially saying like the ball has to drop with somebody when yeah. shit's this bad, and we don't have room for people voting and fighting amongst each other. Yeah, which I think is what you would have in that the small the village of a hundred people. Yeah, and it worked in Rome. It worked for about two hundred years. Like it wasn't until yeah, fucking yeah. I don't know even know if Caesar was technically a dictator, but I think it was the guy before whoever. Whoever was the dictator after Caesar did not relinquish control, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of what fucked it up. And I think Caesar came back and was elected dictator again, and then he wouldn't relinquish it because yeah, yeah, he true. saw how the other guy got on. Yeah, but it worked for a while. Like, yeah, it's um, I suppose like on the on, a, on in this thing of like the island, and it's my idea, and I first go there with whatever, say twenty people. And they're all looking at me going, so what do we do next, Shane? And then as you recruit people, you're recruiting people like, oh, this is Shane, he's, he's in charge. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so be, so you don't necessarily have to be like, I'm in charge or anything. Like, it kind of just happens organically. Yeah, yeah. And then you probably reach a point where you're like, this is how we do things here. If you don't like it, fuck off. If yeah. you want to survive, this is how it's done. Um, You know, I've decided we're doing it this way. I started this. And you kind of have to be a bit yeah. of a dictator. And, yeah, and it's like and like that. Yeah, you, you let people vote in certain things, like say someone is re- like there's some someone does some awful crime, then you have to do, you go like, do we banish them or do we kill them? What does everybody think? You know, like there's certain things you might. Yeah, well, I think the the how it would work more is or yeah, like that. But so because you, if you're going to be the leader, then you have to like be able to make the hard decisions yeah, too. Yeah. So it'd be more like you would have to have the people vote if the death penalty was going to exist. Yeah. And then from then on, you, you decide if the person deserves the penalty that the yeah. people have voted for. And maybe every year you have a re-vote on do we take out this yeah, from yeah. the law. Like maybe that's something I think the, the entire world could benefit from is just... Every re- year. every Yeah, for this more serious ones, but every few years vote on particular things. Like, is this working? Should we take this rule out yeah, completely? Yeah. Rather than, let's vote for it once and that's law from now on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Certain things should never be voted, like, you know, certain, like marriage, that should just be allowed for everybody anyway. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, things that are, like, a, more of a grey area. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason we're not in politics. <laughs> 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 but I think, like, yeah, like, I think a certain, yeah, part of me just thinks, like, a dictatorship in this world is, in a way, like, an actual dictatorship, not a horrible person being a dictator but just (laughs) but just having a dictatorship or like yeah just a leadership a proper leadership i guess you need it's it's the word dictator that doesn't sound good no it kind of sounds dirty in your mouth doesn't it no but it's but it's because of what we associate yeah yeah you need it's within modern history though that they're the people who they're the dictators who made it a, a dirty word like when you go through but if you think of it like every king or queen was essentially a dictator as well and they were never considered like necessarily bad there's plenty of bad yeah, yeah, yeah. well there. i'd say that's even I, I, that's like autocrats even worse than a dictatorship because yeah. that's somebody that's a leader because they were born yeah not in because the they are the right yeah, person at least the, the dictator tends to be somebody who took charge like yeah. they got there by like charisma <laughs> well, yeah, or just and so in the olden days i guess that's why it's a bad word now because like we think of like Hitler and Stalin and they're people who became dictators essentially through lying and through being yeah. demagogues. But 
ancient dictators are people that got there through like kicking down a door <laughs> and like getting rid of the people that well, we I think we even mentioned him on the, I'm not sure on what episode maybe on the Red Dawn but we're talking about like Castro oh yeah as a, and he was he was a dictator you can call him president he was a dictator <laughs> like yeah but he got there by by being a rebel by but, standing up to the status quo yeah yeah and getting rid of the regime that was far worse and like some yeah. of his dick dictatorship principle some of what he put into place like the country benefit from like yeah um he just benefited more <laughs> like yeah but if you're a dictator if, if you've got some of the characteristics uh, uh as a i've just said his name <laughs> i blanked on his name from as a castro, castro. yeah but you know the moral compass of a uh, barack obama yeah you're yeah. probably going to be an excellent guy like yeah do you think I I see I I think I'm too nice. I'd be like <laughs> I'd be like I'm in charge and then someone else is like no Shane I'm in charge I'd be like okay okay can I junior vice president yeah yeah <laughs> junior assistant vice president <laughs> you can mop the floors whatever you say boss <laughs> yeah, yeah sure thing boss no what problem. time would you like your breakfast at you probably land with. Somewhere, yeah. somewhere between, if you can have a mix between a democracy and a dictatorship, that's yeah, what no, you and, land on. And I totally agree. You kind of need a leader who's, I suppose, instead of calling them a leader, how about we call them the founder, right? <laughs> Do you know what's so, like, so, and this isn't even a joke. We, we This hasn't been part of, we haven't set this up, but like, you kind of land on. On Russia, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you have a president, you have a democracy, but he's kind of a dictator, but not yeah. really. But if things go wrong, he will become a dictator. Yeah, you're kind of in that grey area of. Well, it's that was. So you have a democracy, but you've got a guy in charge that if democracy fails, not if democracy fails, but if all of a sudden there's an opposing village knocking at your door. Now the dictator is in control, and he, did, he essentially you're doing like Rome. <laughs> oh, yeah, you need a you need somebody who establishes martial law when you need it. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And instead of like in Rome, where you elect a dictator, it's like you have the leader, the founder, or whatever. And when he gets yeah, too yeah. old, he decides who should probably replace him. Uh, which yeah. kind of all bad. We're going back to it being autocratic. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to like start from scratch. Yeah. Rather than his son, you should just pass it on to the prettiest of boys. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever he loved the most. <laughs> um, Not the firstborn son, his favourite son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or daughter, this is a new world, you know. No, but so I, but in terms of, like, that's your sort of leadership, but then in terms of your actual system, like your economic and social system, yeah. you, you can still be democratic autocratic yeah. a dictatorship and have communist a socialist or a, you know you can have different you know it's still a mix oh well what i'm saying they're, 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 that's how you you yeah. your leader can be a dictator and you can still have a social you can have a socialist system or you can have a yeah. communist system so it's like we we can decide on leadership but that doesn't necessarily dictate how the everyday runs of the village are yeah, handled because yeah. i think the actual everyday runnings you would always try yeah. your best to have a, 
work like a co-op essentially well yeah because you're to begin with to begin <laughs> well, no essentially you're, you're I'm serious that was a joke, joke. <laughs> no you're living off um, agriculture and the things that support agriculture then are things like carpentry and uh, like metalworking and you know so you need to be able to repair tools you need to be able to build shelters and sheds and storage areas and hmm. All that kind of thing. So you need people who can do all that kind of stuff. And then you're going to get into the things of um, where you have... So not everybody can necessarily do the hard labor of work, but they might be able to help out in other ways. Yeah, yeah. Like if they're, if they're just not as strong, or even if like it's just a kid or something, you know, that kind of... Yeah, yeah. Um, so but you have a way of like... So if somebody's a really good carpenter, you're not going to have them do like planting seeds all day you're gonna have them doing what they're most useful at yeah yeah so then you have to figure out a way to evenly distribute food so you got to work it out that okay everybody works a certain amount for the community and then they're all everyone's given an equal share of food as a result of that it's not necessarily based on your work it's your contribution to the community or something you know yeah but then the you start going down a, a slippery slope too, though. Like, do you yeah. decide that, like, you know, surely the the fucking two hundred pound beast of a man who's working in the fields nine hours a day deserves yeah. more food than the teacher or what? Like, does that? <laughs> well, you see, that's, yeah, that's it, where it gets tricky. You, like, and and it's not like you're not. It's not the all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. It's like, well, some actually need more yeah, yeah, food and stuff. Like, it, uh, yeah. I suppose that's where you kind of get, like, you just establish what people need and it's uh, all being equal, but what you need isn't, yeah, yeah. isn't necessarily the same, you know? It's, it's yeah, kind of yeah. hard to figure out. Like Equality yeah. based on needs versus Basically, needs yeah, based yeah, on equality. Needs, that guy needs six to eight potatoes with his dinner. Yeah, or the people might only have two. So yeah, um, uh, <laughs> no, it's just it's just a hard one to. It is, yeah, yeah. And that's where you get into having to. Well, then you probably est- you have to establish currencies and stuff, and then maybe people are the uh, the person who's working more time in the fields. Actually, instead of him getting like a share of the food, he just yeah. gets a plot of land that is his, and then whatever he grows in his own time on his. Yeah. Is just his, so, you know, and, and yeah. so you actually start to divide land between people then. Because yeah. I think, sip your beer. Um, <laughs> that was a big gulpy Because <laughs> I think most settlements will practice a mixture of yeah. every sort of gov- of every sort of policy or whatever. And particularly, I know we were saying we're not really going to touch on it, but let's assume that there probably is going eventually. One settlement, whoever was the first to, to, uh, sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. What I'm saying is like, let's go for for the time being with the idea that there might be a bigger government. Yeah, and I think uh, then you probably end up practicing like uh, what in the Middle Ages, like Freud, Freud feudism. That's it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, you probably end up with that because eventually you're going to have a settlement. Whoever was the first person to set up a settlement, they're probably going to expand their territory yeah. while you're still building. Eventually, they're going to just not take over, but they're going to have demand more resources. Some kind of tax or something. Yeah. yeah, well, not even demanding it necessarily, but they're just going to have more resources and eventually be like 
can you help us or should we just take over yours? Like what? What's yeah, the, like? And it's not going to be like we're going to go to war with you, but you'd have you that'd be a reasonable sort of conversation to have to be like yeah. we're after expanding our territory. We're doing really well. We're sustaining a couple of thousand people. You have this village with sixty people. Yeah, join us. Join us, or like we can probably do a better job, but we would rather not like not yeah, get yeah. into a feud over this. It's it's silly. And you'd be just like, okay, yeah, that yeah. sounds good. So yeah, they might be like, okay, you have to do it this way, and then give us twenty percent of your food stocks every season, or uh, you get none of it. <laughs> it's just kind of like. <laughs> yeah, so. But then, so so feudalism, why? Because that's why. That's where, like, when you watch Game of Thrones and you hear nobleborn, like the nobility pay, they hold yeah. land for the crown. In yeah, return yeah. for like military service, so that's kind of what we'd be getting. We have this bigger government rise, yeah. rises, mean your settlement is is sustainable and we're worth something to them, but we're still a small. Yeah, yeah. That we'd be like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll do this for you in exchange for protection, whatever. And you'd be the nobility, I guess. But in this case, the so in this case, the crown would be the new government, and the nobility yeah. would be the smaller settlements. Yeah. So the first, like when we, so we're the we're the, we're the was the flagmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this would be a few because you're talking this would it take a few years for this to kick yeah. off in this way. So the original people we started the settlement with, like our original hundred people, yeah, they'd all kind of be they'd be the nobility now. They'd all be the nobleborn. Okay, yeah. Because it'd be the new members that start to come in, that they would then be the yeah they'd just be the lowly workers or whatever. Yeah, I think they'd even be a step down. But like the people that, oh, I can't remember. There's a word. It's something. It's above peasant, but below nobility. Yeah. There's another. There is another class. It's the middle class, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the people that in Game of Thrones would be like squires and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. that, they'd come in and they'd They'd kind of be your workforce then. Yeah. Or at least over, oversee your workforce. I think you just end up. You would, whether you like it or not, you end up in that scenario. I think that's kind of how it would kind of unfold. Yeah, definitely. Because there's always going to be bigger communities, and it's going to be people with more power or more. Yeah. More people or whatever. You know, they're going to be vassals. That's the class above uh, peasants, below the, the nobles. Yeah. Uh, there's always a bigger bully in the schoolyard. That's the. Yeah, but I don't like. I'm, I don't mean it even in like a harsh bully sort no, of way. No, I just think it's... that that's the agreement you would come to. Like, I could even like if I was the the ruler in the village of a hundred people and the the crown, we'll call them. Come, like, I'd be like, yeah. this, of course, yeah, that's we can only gain from this. Yeah, yeah, because you get their protection. And this yeah, isn't like so. mob protection where it's like, no. we're going to pay us so as we don't come and burn your village down. It's literally like, we will have our guards yeah. watch over your town. Like, yeah. Um, I just think, like, the reason, you can almost, it's hard to say, oh, it definitely end up like that because we can't see the future. But the fact that... That's what happened that's before. What, yeah, yeah, it just yeah. probably would. And I think it's a good... I don't know, I think that's a good system. Like, it probably is. It still kind of happens in modern, like when you have like, like America kind of, like the US kind of being sworn to protect Japan. If Japan oh, yeah. get into a conflict, they kind of have to, essentially what they're do, like essentially yeah, what Japan yeah. are doing in terms, they're doing a true trade agreements, but what they're doing is they're given 
things almost not for free, but they're 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 paying homage to America in exchange yeah, for yeah, military yeah. service if they need it. Yeah. Um, they're paying protection money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh... no, yeah, I see. I see. That's where it would go. Definitely. That's kind of a good promise. As a leader, you, you start this settlement with 100 people and you kind of lay out to them like that. Be like, look, we have a small settlement. We're never going to we're never going to rule all this land. Somebody's going to beat us to that. Yeah. But if we get this up and running, we can become the, the nobility of this new yeah. world. And then once we're up and running and new settlers join, they'd take on the duties we started with. We'd have a nicer life later on and they would work their way up to... <laughs> and it would just it'd keep ticking over like um, just <laughs> these new settlers would come in and do the Charlie work and do the Charlie work because <laughs> you'd I think you'd still have peasants but peasants would be more like they're people that have their own like bits of land outside of your settlement that's technically still on you know a land technically owned by this bigger ruler oh yeah and they kind of do their own thing they might trade with you a little bit yeah. Because the thing with like the the new settlers coming in, like they're getting their own land and they're just they're still taking care of themselves and they're just essentially paying rent to you. It's just it's fair. Yeah. Get a bunch of loners. They just, they're just like, no, I'm just I'm I'm just gonna grow my own things over here. That's the other side of it. You don't have to start a settlement. You can just go like old man Logan and just live on the farm by yourselves and and pay rent. But that just seems yeah. harder to. Yeah, you're better off in a community and stuff. So what would you be your big contribution to our community? Would you be like, I'll, I'll make the beer? <laughs> no, no, I just uh, I tell people what to do. <laughs> I, just, yeah, yeah. I think that's why you that's why you become a leader when you don't have don't uh, discernible <laughs> talent to uh, yeah. offer. You become a leader. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Like, what would yours be? I don't know. Well, I've done a lot of, like... Uh, well, if I'm going to end up with a uh, hundred computer programmers who know nothing, I'll be the one who's teaching them all how to grow veg. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think as little experience as I have in that, I think I could probably train a hundred computer programmers to do that. Yeah. But, um, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd be hoping you don't end up with a, a very knowledgeable farmer. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you, you might be dispensable. But no, then you're his right-hand man. Yeah. But even then, like a very knowledgeable farmer in, say, take a modern farmer who um, they probably just like, especially in Ireland, they probably just keep cattle and sell milk. They've they've lost touch with a lot of like, yeah, traditional yeah. farming. And then like to survive in a smaller community like that and feed yourself straight the year, growing everything yourselves, it's all about like diverse in crops. And it's a very different way of yeah, farming yeah. that a bigger farmer might be like, Oh sure, I just I just plant a field full of corn and sell it once a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and that's exactly. what I do. And you're like, well, yeah, but we need to grow food <laughs> like that because um, that's that's a, a lot of farming in America has gone that way with especially with corn. Is it's mm-hmm. you grow corn and the government pay you for growing corn? Yeah, yeah. And you don't actually make money from the corn. You're, you're essentially on the dole. Yeah, <laughs> you're essentially on benefits to grow a crop that the government need make other stuff out of like you know it's in industrial farmers would kind of be of no use to you in no. this new you need like your old your fucking your granddad like people that farmed like yeah, that yeah. people like, that yeah, have yeah. 
Like my my dad grew up on a farm, and what my my cousin now, his nephew runs the farm, and it was run by then my uncle, his my dad's brother, beforehand. And when I was a kid, they had sheep, they had pigs, they had chickens. Now it's just cattle, mm. and it's just milk and meat production is what they do, and it's all it's all built for like the modern world and all that kind of stuff. Where when my dad was a kid. They had everything. They grew most of all their own food. They they were really, really diverse. They grew loads of veg. They uh, everything was for like for them to live off and then everything else they had extra they lived like they made money from. Which paid for like things like school uniforms and books and the extra bit of food that they didn't grow, like or that they didn't have themselves, you know, like for to buy sugar or, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever, you know, things like that. Like, so it's so different now, like in, in just three generations, mm. like it, it developed a huge amount, like to what the farm was. So, so different. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, in a way, like people who, you know, just farm in their community garden in a, in a inner city and stuff are probably in a way more helpful because they've kind of already have to have to do things in, yeah, a different way and they're not they don't have like you own a big farm and you have like you're buying fucking stockpiles of grains and stuff to feed your cattle Yeah, you're not kind of you're not farming it's, it's like the difference like somebody who lives day to day is probably more equipped to deal in a in a disaster than somebody some rich guy who just <laughs> constantly has everything yeah. he needs in the same way like yeah. somebody who farm like you you kind of farm like you farm in your yeah. backyard, but you do you do it like on a day to day sort of a way. Yeah, like you'd be a bit I, more. I've had uh, I've learned a lot the last couple of years, where and it's more just as a bad habit I've gotten into where I plant loads of seeds. Like when's the best time to plant this? When's the best time to plant that? And I don't do because I've limited space. I've done it really badly. I bought a book recently, which is like how to get the best out of uh, a meter squared. And it's all about, you know, when this finishes, pull it all up and then plant something else. And all it's much cleverer yeah, because yeah. what I've found what's happened to me the last couple of years is I've planted, say, a shit ton of courgettes. And then I've had three weeks of loads of courgettes and then they're gone. Yeah, yeah. Where what I should have done was planted courgettes and then three weeks later planted more courgettes and three weeks later planted more courgettes. And then I'd get... 12, 13 weeks of courgettes, not three. Yeah, yeah. And I just haven't done that properly. And that's, I haven't, I haven't established a way to like actually feed myself continuously from it. And it's mostly out of laziness <laughs> and a little bit out of just being kind of like, oh, I've used all that space. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and, yeah. And in some way, like, what keeps happening to me is actually is I've done a lot of, like, if you want to grow, say, five plants, you actually plant like 10, 15 seeds. And then you get the the five strongest. Yeah, yeah. But what keeps happening to me is I think I've done two. What do you do with children? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you cull off the you yeah. pick out the, the small ones, and uh, when they're not strong enough, they're too skinny. Just get rid of them. Yeah, and um, you leave them in the woods by themselves for a night. If they if they can make it back to you, they deserve to be your son <laughs> or daughter. <laughs> or, or we'll see um, <laughs> look, it's not going to be a rule in your community that like when the children reach a certain age they out in the woods I think like that's not a bad one like it, you re, once you hit 12 you, you're sent off into the woods by yourself for a night and you have to bring back 
not like a deer that's too big not gonna be, but you have to bring back you have to bring back something of worth to the, for the, the entire community something the entire community can benefit from and like it doesn't so like like a rabbit but that's <laughs> it you see but that's it you'd have all these guys bringing back a rabbit and stuff and then like you'll have some clever bastard who will like have noticed there was a screw missing on some machine a week ago and he'll bring back the perfect size screw and you'll be like this kid's gonna be the ruler someday oh it's, I it's, love to, that. it's to see how they actually think think yeah, 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 in the challenge think. yeah and, like uh, you'll have a kid that'll bring back something you didn't even know like he'll make you yeah. look the, the 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 best result will be that he'll come back and make you look like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and that'd be the test. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where was I gonna that? Like, <laughs> but what keeps happening to me is like that I'll plant fifteen seeds of like courgettes and twelve of them come up really strong. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. So then I'm stuck with like ten courgette plants and they take up a good bit of space themselves. So and I'm kind of going, well, I could just not let these, whatever, six establish. But then I feel, that's a waste. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And what happened to me last year was then I joined a community garden last year because I had tons and tons of courgettes and pumpkins and stuff that had, I had in little pots, little like six inch pots that had grown really big and they needed to be transplanted out of those pots but I had nowhere to put them I had no more space so I joined a community garden and they were like this is amazing and I filled like half a polytunnel with all my stuff and then other people took it so yeah. I was like oh that didn't go to waste you know it was good but uh, which in, in a settlement that's how you just open up trade exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did just think though the best uh, result of that test you send that kid out by himself he goes he finds this uh, little commune of all the kids that never came back <laughs> and they come back and take over <laughs> be a good ending to it or, or he comes back with just a bloody knife, <laughs> and you're like, "What happened?" He's like, "Well, they I, were all getting ready to." Yeah, I killed all. Them. I killed all your future enemies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> or he goes, "I killed all my own future enemies. I'm the leader all, now. Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the leader. Alright, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you want some? <laughs> um, so yeah, he's not just a child. <laughs> he just name, just name in the face. <laughs> what do you think was going to happen? There's a reason I said you out when you're 12. Yeah, yeah. I can beat up a 12 year old. If you're 14, I'm not or, sure. Or, or he's just like, look at me now. And you're like, yeah. Every three years, a kid does that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point of why we send you out. Like, <laughs> it's like the Spartans and it. Yeah, yeah. Call the the strongest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so, a cool story though actually yeah develop that probably yeah we should just like develop a open world post-apocalyptic video game just a mobile thing oh yeah build your own settlements in it so you would land on that was such a weird expression you were making there sorry <laughs> I've never seen look, I've never seen your face move in that way like you look like a different person like you know when comedians like do facial expressions and they suddenly look like a different person yeah. you look like that it was, it was just weird like if I if you came I'm to I'm quite the, rubber faced actually. Yeah. See, I didn't until now. I never noticed that. Like really, if, yeah. if I if you came to, if you knock at my door, I open it and you were pulling that face, I wouldn't have known who you were. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the type of thing you learn in Russian orphanages. So I hear. Uh, yeah. Um, where was I? Okay. Yeah. So you would you would learn that's that's your sort of skill you can offer in, in the settlement. Is the, um, yeah, this diverse of kind of farming ideas. 
like you were saying, like what making alcohol. I think that's the type of thing you can you have a place in a like that's obviously people that that's obviously an important skill to have because people yeah. will want to fucking drink. People are going to want to have a bar. At, not, again, we're talking about this. Oh, it's like the second thing I'd build. <laughs> yeah, but it's like we're going back. We're saying like based on history. You know, yeah, yeah. Taverns were pretty popular when when the, when the world lived like this. Well, where are you going to put the wenches? <laughs> yeah. um, but it's an important skill, and you can benefit greatly from it. But only if you, that's knowledge you have to protect. That's like you don't yeah, want to share that yeah. knowledge because, like, it's one of those things that, like, once you teach somebody how to do that, you're dispo- You're completely disposable. Yeah. yeah. Now, it, like, they're obviously, if you're really good at it, but like the basic principle behind manufacturing alcohol the same with like building weapons and stuff like uh, yeah. blacksmiths would be the same like and that's why back in the day they would just have apprenticeships and stuff you know they kept, they protected that knowledge yeah yeah like should they like you would take um you take an apprentice and like they live in your house and they're essentially your servant yeah yeah um like they're they're it's like they're indentured to you until they're fully trained and then you'll pass your business on to them yeah or, yeah They'll open their business somewhere else or something. But the idea is to keep it. You just don't want to be teaching everybody how to do this shit yeah, because yeah. then it's just, it's you're disposable or. But yeah, so it's a weird one. But I think, and I think like I would think I would think you're probably the same. Like in this scenario, are we not more? We if not leaders because we don't if we don't want to be leaders or maybe we don't have the authoritative voice to be leaders. Not yeah. like our glorious president. Vladimir Putin. <laughs> um, I was like, <laughs> Michael D. Higgins. I was like, Michael D. Higgins. Oh, he's, I mean, he looks like a hobbit, but like he's quite a good leader. He's very authoritative. Yeah, yeah. Like one, you give him a microphone, and my my niece is watching. Um, the, she's four. Oh, my the second up. most powerful person in Phoenix Park. <laughs> next to the person who runs the zoo that's actually a joke I stole that's a sto- joke I stole from you <laughs> yeah yeah you were telling me one day that uh, your wife was meeting the president oh, and yeah. your reaction was like wow you're meeting the second most powerful person <laughs> oh, yeah. in Phoenix Park <laughs> yeah. next to the person who owns the zoo <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they just drop with each sentence yeah, yeah, it's authority it. drops <laughs> my uh, my niece is four she was watching there was Ireland, we're playing France and rugby. Sorry, for a oh, second. Okay. American listeners, Phoenix Park is a park in Dublin where the president's houses. house is. Where the White House is. Where the, our White House is, but it's also where Dublin Zoo is. And the president isn't that powerful. The like, zoo. imagine the White House was in Central Park, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and yeah, and Central Park Zoo in the, it was, it was more important than the presidency, <laughs> which in Ireland it kind of is. Actually, our zoo is really impressive. Actually. It's a really good zoo, yeah. It's huge. It's yeah, I haven't been to it since Phoenix day. Park is about like ten times the size of uh, Central Park. It's huge. It's one of the biggest uh, parks in it's the, the city. Big, it's the biggest park. It's in the any biggest opened, open like non gated park in the in world. world. I yeah. think or something like that. That's like in a city or the biggest gated park, I guess. Because it's even though it's not really gated, but I think they're saying gated in terms of there's walls. Around. Oh, sorry, yeah, because ungated could be like. Yellowstone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
good place for a settlement, though. Yeah, actually, really good place. And because there is like the president's house, you know, you're, <laughs> you, you're automatically president. You you yeah. go to war with the guy that owns. The you zoo. have you have an army of <laughs> tigers and lions. You can feed, feed your enemies. Well, there's also the there's a there's enemies. a military base there. There's also there is, yeah. the place where they train all the. Uh, uh, police, all the canine, the canine unit of the police, oh, yeah, and yeah. they are, they, are all there. I love fucking. I do always go for a run there, just because like you run around there yeah. and you just see them out training all these. There's cool a monolith. Yeah, there's ducks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a load of junkies. There's an old art. There's an actual magazine fort with an escape tunnel that leads into an underground into the the train tunnel from Houston Station. Oh yeah. It's good this is information we shouldn't be giving away. <laughs> yeah, we should use this. Um, we went way off topic there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were the one that was talking. I was. I was, was going to tell you, you the story about uh, just. I was talking about our president and how you were talking about how he's a hobbit of a man. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We're talking about Torres. And he was. He was at the rugby match at the weekend there, and. Um, my niece is watching it and he came out and of course everybody's like yeah, Leo the screen's like there he is now President Michael T. Higgins and she's going she just turns to her dad and goes who's he? and he goes oh uh, he's an elf she's like he's not an elf sorry he's a goblin oh yeah yeah he's definitely a <laughs> goblin just <laughs> uh, mess Google American listeners Google uh Michael D. Higgins, or just Irish president, and cash machine. Oh, <laughs> it's a. You see pictures of just the president of the country just waiting in line at a cash machine yeah. in Dublin City, like. And he's kind of standing there going, "No, no, it's amazing." He's a There's, really nice guy. He's he's a he was a college professor and stuff. Before he's he a poet this. and stuff. He originally yeah. started like he set up. Well, he was heavily involved in setting up TG Carter, the Irish language TV station, yeah, yeah. which is one of the better channels we have here and he done a lot of work like he worked with the Irish film board and loads of yeah. art stuff he's a good, a good lad like yeah, he is he's great um, he's always going around talking to like giving other leaders shit like but he's like four foot tall and looks like the BFG yeah yeah his head like he just he's hilarious he looks but once he, he opens like, his mouth he's like like he really shouts cool. people down he, he's always the smartest person in the room he's a great yeah. leader like yeah. even though he's not really a leader president's quite different Sorry, in he, Ireland he looks like old Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings that, yeah yeah yeah. the previous president so like that's kind of the, the type of society we would want isn't it where like oh the leaders sit yeah, with I, the I, common I, man <laughs> I would like to be the kind of dictator who will have a few pints with his people yeah, yeah. As long as they're all behaved and their work for the day is done. <laughs> and you don't, like, drink more than me and want to, like, score brownie points for, oh, look, I can I can drink more. You're a lightweight. Well, then you'll be executed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of no, course. just if you get, like, belligerent drunk, like, oh, you know, I just... Executions. Always. Like, if you start, if you become one of those people who starts going, like... I've had three glasses of Jack Daniels and three pints and I'm not even drunk. And they're obviously really... Yeah, then you're taken out back and you're, you're executed. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, like, just be drunk. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to... Don't need to prove nothing. You don't need to brag. You don't need to brag about how much you've drank. you got nothing to prove. <laughs> we all have all got hair on our chest. That's <laughs> Not in my society. <laughs> <laughs> in my society. Mandatory shaving. 
<laughs> Everybody's smooth. That'd be smooth like mad rules. You see, I probably would do that if I was a dictator. Though, make yeah, make mad rules where like every man had to shave his chest. Nothing <laughs> else. Like, no, you can have as much hair everywhere else. I'm just gonna say you started out from a place of practicality. Like so, say it's a zombie thing. You'd say everyone has to cut their hair really short, so you can't be grabbed. And then you're like, oh, and you should probably shave your chest as well. <laughs> and they're gonna like, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> I, uh, if you're running and you've a smooth chest you've less swimmers, resistance swimmers do ask swimmers swimmers, swimmers do it everybody shave your fucking chest right now or you're dead UFC <laughs> fighters do it too it's would you have we're gonna, I feel like we're just gone off in so many weird directions <laughs> but would you have like you know a combat, a combat zone in your settlement where like men could handle well, their you know their disputes two men enter one man leaves. <laughs> that would be... Uh, yeah. But it'd be like, two men d- enter, one man leaves. After the victor leaves before him, because that seems fair, and once he's gotten medical attention, obviously <laughs> the second person will leave after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Health and safety first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think know, I, I, I legit would have a... like. A wooden cage sort of in the middle and just when you see like pointless disputes a boxing match yeah just like like, if you're going like you know two people just fall out in in the bar after work and start like throwing shapes and talking about how and just like no you're not doing this like animals in a pub yeah gloves on cage and more often than not they're going like ah we'll just shake on it and and that'll be it like it'd be more just like you just don't want to put up with fucking posturing from people yeah, just because yeah. it wastes time it's like ah, why would you be falling out over this stuff would that, would that be kind of leader you're, you're just going around just settling fights all the time like that's it's probably a big part of get it. in the cage or fuck off <laughs> <laughs> you say it with that that exact that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just like just annoyance yeah um <laughs> I feel like we're uh, we're winding down, but there's so much to talk about. We might need to do yeah. another episode on this because uh, these are I like these types of conversations, yeah, these yeah. theoretical sort of ones. So, what what are your number one? Like, I'm just going to think. I know it's kind of probably stepping back a bit, like, but your number one priorities are, as we said, are like you're going to need to have a stockpile of food to start, and the first thing you need to do is figuring out like. Uh, agriculture and if it's the depths of winter you need to start like prepping the soil for spring yeah yeah even even if you don't plant a single seed for another four months you need to like find the right land you need to till it you need to fertilize it or something like and then let it sit uh, for all the nutrients to work you know you got you got you to find something to do and then but I suppose then you also need things like you need to figure out how easy it is to defend uh like, are you surrounded by rivers? Are you yeah, are you yeah. in an elevated position? Are you on an island? Is it a town with a bridge yeah, that you yeah. can blow up? You know? <laughs> and then you need the other things like sewage and fresh water and stuff like that. Well, so. this, this is going way back to when we were deciding on our settlement. And I guess, yeah. like, for me, the, the deciding on it factor, I think the the higher ground would be the one I'd want. Like, the the, the settlement that can be on the higher ground. Yeah, I think you're always at an advantage. Then you kind of, it's a tough one because then you're going to be 
by default you're going to be further away from a water source yeah which ideally you always want to be close to a water source every second settlement built up through history starts yeah. at unless a water you're like source. halfway up a mountain and the river just comes down yeah yeah well yeah optimal yeah you can find the perfect place yeah but it takes there's a lot more looking and planning for that yeah but i'm just thinking in terms of defense you know it's the the art of war thing you have the higher whoever has the higher ground yeah wins like 99 out of 100 times yeah it's like the They're, classic classic thing like you were talking about the um the it's like the kind of norman forts and stuff like that that mm. uh, we have all over ireland is they all they built a mound and then built like a castle on top yeah, of the mound. yeah but it must have been such a bitch to get water into that castle every day and stuff like that yeah it's so much hassle like <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to do it <laughs> that's the thing like, I'm but, and then, but I think in, in my village like somebody has to do that but then they get more than the equal share of food oh, I think yeah. I would reward like the, the sort of the people that are doing the Charlie work yeah. I think would get more of an award like whereas historically they they're not they're the lowest of the lowest yeah but I would think I, I definitely come from the <laughs> the idea that like you know the guy who fucking, you know, unclogs the sewer system when there's a problem deserves to be paid more money than Robert Downey yeah. Jr. does for playing Iron Man. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Like, that guy, that's the guy that should be like, yeah, that's yeah. somebody's job. Somebody, ha- like, actually does that yeah, work. Yeah. Like, they probably should be on more money than, like, uh, yeah, most yeah. people. That's like, the world, like, economically, we need to kind of turn the world on its head. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, in mine, like, that's the that's your nobility there. <laughs> like, those yeah, guys yeah. are the first to get to... to you know, once they've done their uh, time, they get land. And you're like, yeah, you yeah. You, you get a, not an easy yeah. ride. You still have to work now, but you can oh, you, be a yeah. foreman. You've done your, <laughs> you've done your 20 years service. <laughs> yeah. Here's uh, a field for you to work. <laughs> see, I, I, I said it already, but like, that's where I think, because yeah, I was saying about fucking like making alcohol and different like talents you might have. Yeah, it's just niche. it's It's just knowledge. But I think where we would lie... I think our strength would be more like in that advisory type role where we could actually, we have enough of an idea about every aspect of what you need to do for a community that we can actually like be, be the brains for lack of, lack of a better word. That's why we'd be the leaders. Yeah. That's, (laughs) or just, we'd be the leader. The leader. Because it's just one man in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, coat. I don't know why he always wears the trench coat, but he's so tall. He, he looks just, like just, a leader. Just in a trench coat, and then you sit on a bench and just turn to a guy and be like, I hear the snow in Moscow is very cold. <laughs> is there any, uh, is there any particular, like, so <laughs> it seems like we're going with the dictatorship. Any particular uh, <laughs> laws you would enforce? Um, personally, if I was setting up this community, yeah, well, or that you would bring to the board if it was a a, um, a panel. Yeah, I think I, I'd go very modern thinking on it in a lot of ways. Like I would be the attitude of like everybody's equal. Um, like um, our complete separation of faith and and. You have the and op- government, all you, that. You, you have the uh, option to outright ban fate. Well, no, I wouldn't necessarily. I would. Yeah, so you go into very dictatorial. <laughs> like that's when you you go down the wrong road when you start no, no. banning. What I would do practice. is, I would say, is 
everyone has the right to practice their own religious beliefs in within the privacy of their own homes, but they're not allowed like push their beliefs on people. They're not allowed. You're not allowed to stand in the middle of the street and be like, God judges you. You're not allowed to get on a soapbox. like Yeah, and be like, because, like, if, and, and accuse gay people of being sinners. But just for religion, but then you have to say that for many, like, you're not allowed to get on a soapbox for such and such as yeah. well. But if you have an issue, bring it to the leadership. Yeah. You know, that's kind of... Yeah, because you don't want to ban somebody from taking issue with the leadership because then you become, a tot- you're starting to go the totalitarian yeah. route where it's like, yeah. oh, you only doing that so we can't question your authority. Yeah. And um, I think, it, but my mind is, my way of doing that is kind of thinking in a mind of like everybody's equal. Yeah. You know, whether they're atheist or Jewish or Muslim or Christian or whatever, everybody's the same. Uh, and you have to treat each other like you're the same. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't care what is in the past. This is all about the future and building a new community, you know. And in terms of criminal law, like what's... Yeah, I think in that kind of way, like you can't keep a prison or anything. So you'd have to come up with ways of... I think you'd have to come up with a new whole new well, law if somebody system. does oh, something... Sorry, you'd have to come up with a new way of enforcing the law. Yeah, but that's it. Like, So somebody's eventually... Somebody's going to do something that is wrong, just like morally wrong, not like in terms of laws we have, but like... Yeah. Be it they're going to fucking like, steal their neighbours, fucking lamb or whatever. Like, yeah. You're going to have to face the issue of what do you do... You, how do you punish somebody... Especially yeah. like it's going, and that's hard. Especially you have this commune sort of set, and you're in the, the village of a hundred people. Yeah. Like everybody knows everybody's business. Everybody knows. Well, each no, other I don't so even well. mean them knowing their business, but just like, what do you do when somebody, a friend, is now guilty of a crime? How do you punish them? Because everybody in this, you would hope, are, are, are friends. Yeah, you're in it together. Like that's the thing. So it's, um, I think it's banishment. That's it. Yeah, exile is the only option. Exile is my top punishment. Yeah. It's the only thing, unless, like, you know, don't, like, talk, but, you know, if if somebody was to murder somebody, you're like, well, exiling them might not solve the issue. Yeah, because they could easily just come back and kill somebody. Yeah, and you don't, like, you in their sleep these or, are obviously a, a bad person who, will he just join a bunch of, like, an outlaw group of raiders who will then just... He'll lead them back to you then. Yeah. Yeah. Becomes a tricky one. Yeah. Do you... Do you have corporal punishment? That's the. Uh... I don't know if you have, but like, because you can't. You can in a community that size. You can't have any kind of prison. You can't. You can't afford to feed a prisoner who sits in a cell and does nothing all day. No, but do you have community service then? That's what I always think. Like, you don't see it even practiced a lot in like post-apocalyptic movies and stuff. But like, because if you're living in this place and somebody does something like steps out of line does something really bad you would assume like it's it would be out of character because you know you've lived with them for so long yeah, and yeah. like doing this wouldn't you think like surely rehabilitation can work in this scenario yeah I suppose that's what you'd approach wouldn't it as a, an attitude is but I don't know like but, but then punishing them by like having them do community service might not be I know it's a, that's a very hard one yeah to, to determine um, you're, you're a slave for the next year. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, maybe like, that's where, like, you like, you go back to the test for the children, where you're like, you are exiled until you bring us back something. On you're, you're exiled, and you can return when you bring back something that will benefit the community more than the act 
you done hurt oh, yeah. it. Yeah. So like, you know, if they fucking stole a goat off their neighbor, they have to bring back enough food to, to feed, to, to pay back the person they stole from yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it gets tricky if they kill someone. That's where oh, you're like, what do you do? You bring back somebody who can benefit the community more than the person you killed? That doesn't change the fact that you murdered someone. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's... And then it depends, like, and then I each, just don't, I just each think, crime is different. Like, there's, there's crime... Like, there's murder where you straight up murder somebody and then there's you punch a guy and he hits his head off a rock. That's, like, yeah, well, that's you know, very different. So it's sort of a... Then do you bring in a... You straight up just murder the bitch, you know? <laughs> like, you're dead. You, well, I mean, if they just kill somebody out of blind rage or like pre or premeditated plan to murder somebody to because they were too successful and they thought it was going to hurt them, then, yeah. then I say, well, then they're just exiled. Yeah. And it might be a threat later, but... Well, if you're on the island, the best thing to do for exile is... Um, you just bring them to another island with no way off it. That's just killing them. No, but <laughs> you give oh, them yes. enough to survive there on their own. You know, but is that not just prison? That's a prison. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but that's de- certainly just prison. Yeah, but it's... but are you at that point? Like, why are you keep like why are you even keeping them alive at that point? Yeah, is it not? Then I'd say just, but I wouldn't want, like, then just exile, bring them back to the mainland and they can just fend for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And they might become a problem in the future, but... Would they, though? Like, that's the thing, like, it's... Probably not, but... Like, if you know, if you're living... It depends on what stage your settlement's gotten to. Like, if you've got this very... And the mainland's at as well. Yeah, if you've got a very efficient settlement on the island, or if you're the nobility... To the crown, if the crown exists, yeah. Well, then you just exile them, and if they step out of line it's again, the, the crown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although the crown would probably tell you, they would be the ones that determine then it, yeah. what you have to do. Which would be easier. I'd prefer the crown decide this is what you have to do to a criminal. Yeah. Um, like whatever the greater territory's name, they would be guilty of a crime to that territory, not yeah. to your settlement, to the state, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's an interesting one. It's a hard one to. Uh, so but, like, and then and like then we're jo- we're very jokey about this. Stuff. I know that's yeah. a very serious thing. Like, how would you actually? I know. I'm just gonna think of it. Like, say you have your island. That's you've a set. You've your ten of hundred people living on an island that you've essentially turned into a kind of a paradise. I mean, you know, for what we're working with. Yeah, for what you're working with. You you do a few trips to the mainland and you you recruit people who you think would be good and you bring them in and every so often maybe you know you lose a couple of people in winter to flu or whatever like that's because yeah. you're back to not you know, me though <laughs> but you're back to a bit of survival of the fittest mm. you in terms of medicine and technology you're going back a few hundred years you know so people death rates are going to be higher you mm. know you're doing a lot of manual labor you'd not necessarily have as many machines to do all that kind of stuff but what if then on the mainland it's like crazy Mad Max world <laughs> and they just have ignored you because they're so caught up in what they're doing on the mainland then is it a punishment enough to just leave somebody in the mainland and they're, they're, you're essentially killing them 
Or are you? Like, do they join a gang? Of but police? that's where it becomes a danger to you because if you're not, it depends on how aware yeah. you are of the greater world. Yeah. Because then are you sending somebody out into the wilderness to become to become a leader of somewhere else and then say, hey, I used to live in this place. Yeah, let's go get it. Yeah. And again, this goes back to what we talked at the beginning of the episode. This is, again, where you benefit from having the group of people that go out and look for new recruits. Yeah. Because they're scouts as well. They keep... Essentially, they keep you have... Yeah, and they're spies. Essentially, they can go and yeah. mingle with other people in the world. Yeah. Because I don't think we ever go full Mad Max where you... You will definitely have groups of people like that that are just horrendous people. Yeah. But I think the world will always kind of keep ticking over like it did in every other civilization. Yeah. There was a wilderness as such, but they kind of handled it amongst themselves. I think that would be how it happened, and you can send people out into that, get new recruits, see how things are. I know, like, the optimist in me likes to think that if tomorrow there was suddenly no more police sorry sorry if tomorrow there was suddenly no more police for whatever reason that I like to think that it suddenly wouldn't be the purge <laughs> you know what I mean and I don't think it would be no I think Jericho paints a good picture of it I was just going to say that Yeah, you know like towards the end of the first season when they leave to, I think it's just to look for medication or something and they find this yeah. other settlement that's in this it's an old uh, I think it's an old drive-in yeah, it's just full of... And it's like a barter town. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they've got, like, an old... It's, like, where the projector, where the film used to play, and it's just a noteless board of the news that has come from other settlements throughout yeah. the land. And it's got the list of current presidents, and it's just all the people claiming so it's a like, right to be president. And it's just... So it's, it's all these, like, power-hungry bastards are fighting their own little civil wars. Yeah, yeah, but most people are kind of taking over and trying their best yeah. to have their own settlement. And, like... It seems like a really accurate depiction of yeah, how I it think go. So. And there is really bad, even in that same episode in, in Bartertown, they're buying like whatever device they need. Oh, it's for the windmill. Yes, yes. And they're buying a device and they see in the back room, there's a bunch of bunk beds yeah. and they see like handcuffs on one of them. And he's, <laughs> yeah. and Ski Ulrich's just like, I don't want any part of this. He won't trade with them. Because yeah, they're at least they're keeping like sex slaves or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, like, but they're the only people they encounter in that barter town that are that horrendous. Everybody else yeah. is, and I think that's I think that's the picture of that kind yeah, of world. There's the darker side, but it's still also a little bit okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, it's like, and you can also go to the road level, but that's where something happened so drastically that we we're wiped out to such an extent. Everybody kind of had no. Yeah, result like people just. But there was nothing to trade anymore. Yeah, yeah, except the tasty flesh of you. <laughs> but in the more in your more like kind of a realistic world where like we're not all going to be wiped out. Yeah, just, um, just the current way of living is completely yeah, disrupted. It's, it's it's going back to scratch versus in the end. It's just starting again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a new beginning. I, I think we could do it a fresh start. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> A fresh start under our glorious leader. <laughs> I keep slipping into my old accent. Ah, yeah, it's weird. I, I don't even fully remember it. It's like I've got these two personalities. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean, comrade. <laughs> Jovanovic Daly. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Jovanovic is a lady's name. I know. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> James. In um, Soviet Russia, lady... 
I don't even have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it would go necessarily full on Mad Max because that's again that's a result of like no resources at all. Yeah, yeah. and. So well, like, then you take first Mad Max, things are taking over, there's still a law enforcement. Like you, yeah, there's obviously a government of some Yeah, kind. yeah. Um, I guess, like, because the first Mad Max, they kind of hadn't actually decided on the world yet. It was more dystopian versus apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, the thing is, like, I've got, like, I don't have notes as such. I've got, like, topics listed here, like, because I've still, like, you know, trading and currency and stuff. And we're probably not going to get to them now. Like, we've been doing yeah. it quite a while. You obviously need to go soon. Um, do you think do we just do this as another episode do we do a part two yeah probably like what well, can you keep going for a while or what's the yeah, what time is it it's nearly nine it's yeah, nine uh, exactly how long do you think we need uh, not long but would another half hour do oh definitely well then yeah this is such an, an important conversation starting a settlement you're not just going to do it in one episode so I think we we still have some stuff we'll have to revisit in future, yeah. like especially when you get into like talking about like establishing, because you know the idea is you want to grow. Maybe, maybe we we don't maybe we're not happy being the nobility. Maybe we want to be the crown. So how we'd establish okay. that world, like that might be a whole, that'll be a whole other episode. So then then do we like that's the kind of thing of I'm probably jumping into it a little bit, but do we spread our 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 laws and philosophies almost like a religion? Well, that's it. Well, then in a scenario like that, wouldn't it be like that's where you know, the day the bombs drop, you know, I get in contact with you and I tell you where I'm going, you tell me where you're going and like we'll see how we're doing after two years. We'll meet up and see if we can work together or uh, go to war. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or so just like a game. Just, <laughs> just sending so like hundreds of soldiers killing each other <laughs> and we're just sitting back in tents back in the field like looking at each other binoculars just going mm, giving each other the finger good play Collier good play <laughs> but do Are you like, have tanks and then I said now like my one tank we've stolen <laughs> and they're like bye George they flanked us those bastards <laughs> um, and that's, that's where that's where you suddenly realise the me waving at you, holding the actress as a dummy, and I just come up behind you and go, shh, shh, shh. And you're like, damn it, man. You but you me. don't actually no, kill no, me. No, just... no, I, I have the toy knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got you. It's like, oh, damn it. Or no, tag, <laughs> you're it. Yeah. We, to explain that, uh, Shane carries around. Uh, I don't carry <laughs> So a lot of the time, he says he doesn't carry around. When we've recorded in my house. No, it's happened in public. There's been a lot of... Uh, so, <laughs> there was definitely one time it happened in public yeah it did, did. So, th- it happened on a f- set once where Shane had this prop knife and he got into the habit of like sneaking up on me when I was in the kitchen or just doing something yeah and if I didn't spot him coming and he got me from behind he would then stab me with this fake knife it's retractable like, it retracts into the handle yeah and just go shh 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 and, you know, I'd pretend to fade out. And then it became this game. I would get my hands on it, see if I could sneak up with him. We've done it on a few film sets, actually. Yeah. Where I've brought it and then done it to you and then you found it. And <laughs> But there was one day I met you in town and I was waiting for you at Eason's. And I turned my back to, like, look at, like, the window display. And you came up behind me and you had it. And you were... <laughs> there was also another time where I'd done it to you where you really weren't expecting it. <laughs> and, like, you, you panicked and moved really quickly and I ended up poking you in the eye. <laughs> like... 
That's right. Do um, with your like fingers or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like my tongue, like my tongue was at the edge of the knife or whatever. And I, or no, it went into your mouth. Like my tongue, yeah, yeah. I like fish hook, hooked you. Yeah. That's right. um, but I think we've done it in public without the knife, where it just became a game of sneaking up on each other. Yeah, that's time I definitely didn't have the knife on me. But I the Eason's one, you did have the knife. Really? In the oh, Eason's, okay. you definitely have the knife because that's. Not to be ashamed about. That's a funny joke. <laughs> it's a plastic knife. Like, yeah. it's not... Or maybe you didn't, but I'm almost yeah, to sure. To your memory, I had it, whether I I'm did I'm almost sure. Maybe it wasn't Easton's one. I'm sure it happened somewhere in public. You might not have done it that yeah, out in the yeah, open, yeah. but I am pretty sure there was somewhere. Or maybe you just brought it here one day. Yeah. And that's what I'm remembering. The fact you actually brought it with you to begin yeah, with yeah. was funny enough. Because that's why I was packing up microphones and saw it on a shelf on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and put it in my bag. That's actually, yeah, no, it was in Emma. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like a meeting point. It was, could yeah, yeah, yeah. Could the, I get off the tram? The Cold War looking museum down the road from me. Yes. Yes. It is very beautiful. <laughs> in Soviet Russia, museum watches you. <laughs> 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 It sounded meaningless, but they're like, wait, no, that makes sense. That's hilarious. Um, this is a room full of cameras. Yeah. yeah, it's like instead of a painting behind the car, but like you have the velvet display, and there's no painting on the wall, there's just a lens. Yeah. And uh, you just come and look at the lens. In our settlement, so we'll definitely get into like the greater sort of rule of, of the post-apocalyptic landscape right, again. So you said something there about, like currency. Yeah, currency, I think that kind, well, that would go into, you would only start to establish currency if you're starting to really Because you don't need it. If you're in one settlement, you don't need a currency, really. If you're in a village of 100 people, it's not until you start dealing with a bigger... Yeah, like I was even thinking about that, like in, in your community of 100 people, so say you establish the crops that the community will grow and I don't want to get too technical with it, but you're probably going to grow things like potatoes, corn, squash, beans. They give you all your amino acids and carbs and all that kind of stuff. Then you're going to have things like grains or rice or something. Mm. So that'd be, that's the sort of food that feeds the masses. But then you'll have, you might have somebody who grows like something really specific they might grow like chili peppers or something and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they can use them almost like them themselves can use them like a currency to get like bread exactly, yeah, bread exactly. somebody who's good at baking or or like I said you, you're going to have a, say a carpenter in your community and you're like oh I want to build an extension of my house I'll give you some chili peppers and a blowjob you know like that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like that's where like something like alcohol will come in I think alcohol yeah. you have a market for anyway yeah yeah but that's where you need a currency established because if you if, if say in our village if I'm just going to be like you know what say you're the leader in this one and I'm like Shane give me a shack to the corner I'll open up a bar keep everybody happy it will keep money whatever currency we have it'll keep yeah, it yeah. circulating within we, we would have control of it essentially you keep it circulating within the community oh yeah but you would need to set up an actual currency for that people yeah. aren't you couldn't just be like oh, I'll you know, give a you pint is a potato or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, or it'd have to be a point would have to be something, but you could you couldn't have it that like it's a potato for one person, it's three chili peppers for another. You know, yeah, you'd have yeah. to have a currency for that, and that's all currency is. All currency is it's a, it's matched against whatever is the the standard like 
the, the gold standard, like all a, a dollar note is, it represents how much. How do you even explain it? We we essentially still trade in gold, and all a, a, a coin, a dollar, all it is, it it's, represents the value of. Because gold is heavy to carry around, so yeah, we have notes instead. Yeah, like in Fallout, they have bottle caps, and that's that's to uh, represent the amount of water that person has. Has oh okay, and that's essentially all it means. Like water is the gold standard in, in, in th- Fallout. I think in in a water world, just right. let me think of it. It's a uh, shells. Shells makes no sense because they're so readily available in water world, though. Well, well not I guess because there's no beaches. The, yeah, yeah. but don't people in there have like gills and stuff? They can swim to very few. Just Kevin Costner. Oh, just him. Well, they say oh he's, he's a mutant, like or, it's a common thing, but he's the only one you ever see. It's resting all at the bottom, sort of looking for shells. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but that would be it. We would need that. You would need a currency to represent whatever replaces our gold. Yeah, yeah. Which could still be gold. Depends on if you find gold. But like historically, like the Celts, it was bushels of fucking barley. Was yeah. there like a, a coin represented how many bushels of barley that person? had in stock they might not have owned it physically but the yeah. bank had them for yeah, them yeah. in fallout it starts in the hub the big city in the football stadium and they oh, start yeah. trading in bottle caps to represent how much water, water that person had in yeah, yeah and it's more of a way so like in the bottle caps aren't valuable but it's like everything's measured in bottle caps then because yeah. it's easier to say two bottle caps than 10 gallons of water oh, okay yeah, so yeah. like a, a fucking I don't know, a, a breast of mole rat meat is worth three bottle caps as opposed to being worth 2.5 litres of water or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just bottle caps. Uh, it, it's the, the water standard and bottle caps just backed up. It's backed up. Yeah. Or bottle caps are backed up by the water standard the same yeah, way yeah. in our world. Well, in our world now... It'd be potatoes. <laughs> in our, our current world, it's oil, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the world we've created. Yeah, sorry. Well, I was saying, like, what in the world we created, what would it be? In Ireland, you would think probably not water, but probably would be all the same, because as much as it yeah. rains to uh, collect it... Yeah, it's still a lot of work. Yeah. And then it's to keep it clean and... Yeah. See, this thing, it's, it's, it's hard to store water. Mm-hmm. Because if it sits for too long, it goes stagnant. Exactly. So, so, so you need a bank for it. Yeah. Because, like, a bank doesn't just keep money in a vault and that's it. Like, they lend yeah. out that money. They inv- you, you put money in a bank, they invest yeah. that money in stocks and bonds, and that's what you'd be doing with water. Yeah. If I have fucking 200 gallons of water, I'm probably not going to use that within a year and you own the bank. I keep yeah. that water with you. You lease that water out to other people. Yeah. You hope you, it comes you get back. Water back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes sense then. So you would be doing, like, it. That'd probably be how you would do it. Water would be that it's the one thing you need, no matter even if you're in Ireland where it rains the whole time. Everybody yeah. needs water, especially for starting an agricultural society. Oh yeah. Um so it probably would be water. What would represent the what would you use to represent the, the water though, to back um, the water? I was trying to think of something really funny, but <laughs> like that, uh... see the bottle cap one makes sense because even though there's a lot of bottle ca- like if the world ended today there'd be a lot of bottle caps around. Yeah. It's something nobody's ever going to manufacture again. I suppose. So there's going to be a finite amount, so you wouldn't have to... I've, I've always just thought, but just coins. like. Yeah, but the problem with coins is to, to get into people's head that they have to ignore the number written on it now, yeah. and we have to go back to just one coin is a coin, and that's it. Yeah, I suppose. And like having it, whether it says 20 cent or 2 euro, 
doesn't matter you know do you start going yeah, into the, at the same value yeah because you can't you can't like have a different coin have represented like you can't start that complicated because then all of a sudden like then you have to worry about inflation and how does yeah, like this yeah. like it needs to be a singular item i think when you're starting yeah. from scratch Unless you only use coins that have been filed down that you can't see the number on them, but then you can counterfeit. And yeah, yeah, there's no point in getting into those. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a tricky one. I guess you like you just have to manufacture something. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, Once yeah. you just have to decide on something that is not easily replaced. Uh, it can just be bullets or something. Yeah, like, like, something we don't thin. need these anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All the wars are over. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't really know what it would be. Would you start it? So the first day you decide, okay, we're bringing in a currency and you have your community of 100 people. Would you start it like a game of Monopoly? You're like, everybody gets 10 coins to start. No, I think you, I think you gradually introduce it. Or would you specifically it. base it on like how much water they have stored? You know, you know what I mean? I, I don't I think you'd have to, you'd gradually, hmm. I think it'd have to be gradual either way, but... I think you would start with the water storage first. People would trade in water to begin with, and then you introduce the yeah. the coin to back it up. Oh, yeah, so you create water as your currency first, mm. and then you go like, lads, these are all carrying around all these buckets of water, and it's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. So let's find a simple way. We're yeah, we need a bank coin. to hold the water, so we need... We need... Because so, all, all, all currency is IOUs. We need to create IOUs. Yeah, yeah, and that's because that's sort of how it originally started. Was hmm. people passing around IOUs? Would you just just purely because my my brain thought when I was trying to think of things you could use as your coin, or whatever? And for some reason, because I untied my shoelaces because my shoes were uncomfortable after being out in the rain, <laughs> and I suddenly thought of I'm just explaining my thought process here. Sorry, and I suddenly thought, oh, I know shoelaces, and then I thought, no, that's really stupid. I won't say it. But so in. This community, would you have your red laces? I don't have red laces, but should well, I no, wear... No, would you have your guys who are your red laces to, like, you know, enforce the law? For those that haven't listened to every podcast, Shane is referencing a popular uh, badge worn by neo-Nazis yeah. <laughs> uh, to show they've done a particular... Uh, heinous crime to somebody of a different skin colour and we don't condone that <laughs> not on disaster artists or in well, Soviet in, Russia in, in Green Room it was just like Patrick Stewart's character is like I want red lasers only on this job yeah, yeah. Um, I mean what I, I, what I was trying to explain in sorry more simply <laughs> would you have a gang of thugs who you trust to do whatever you need done that's slightly tougher no, because the gang of thugs can never actually be trusted. <laughs> like, it never works out. Yeah. In in films and in real life, I think it's best not to deal with thugs. I mean, maybe have a few of them on hand, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to enforce that type of a law anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you need some kind of... Like, I suppose you... Like, you need a law, but, like, yeah, not yeah. a gang of thugs. <laughs> no, no, you don't need a... Because well, that's like, the people like it, we build. We we built the wall around our village to stop the tugs from getting yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of like fight fire with fire kind of thing. You know, do you keep a gang of tugs that you keep them fed and happy, and they'll defend your place when you need them to? Basically, 
I just don't trust that they will defend. I think they'll take and take, and then when it actually comes down to it, those type of people don't actually yeah, offer won't. use to you. I think like you, you align yourself with people who aren't tugs, but are think, skilled but fighters. Think, yeah, right? think like you, and like when you need to fight, you just do fight. Take up arms. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like the idea of having the the, the red lasers type yeah, of yeah, no, person around. No, I agree. Like that's always just seeing what your opinion is on it. If anything, like they're the they're the type of people I want my people to like search for and like wipe out. <laughs> like, <laughs> just come up behind them and go shh. shh, shh yeah, shh, yeah. Shh. <laughs> that's that's where you you get all your guys to carry around a um, like a couple of bottles of beer and they have <laughs> and one of them is poisoned. Well, here's the: Do you have a a, a, a man of science with you who will uh, build you some explosives and stuff? Small little. Uh, Hydrogen bombs, perhaps <laughs> incendiary devices. <laughs> Maybe not that far, but like, yeah. Do do you have a department? Do you set up then a department of like, look, we've got this guy was a a physics pr- professor in school. He probably knows how to build a bomb. <laughs> Give him um, his own department. I imagine somebody like that would be very useful, actually. Like oh, in so many ways, like, from simple things like ensuring you've clean water to. Uh, coming up with better tools for farming like there's just so many uses yeah. for people like that um, well Zim's having the person who who, own, who has the tavern it's like well they can also just make raw alcohol to treat wounds and stuff yeah yeah so is your um, is your scientist like taking the old like feudal kind of model he's your wizard <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. As, as you're the noble man and he's the wizard who uh, does all your work well now, here's the thing because I was meant to say this earlier because we were talking about uh, religion and stuff yeah it get, you're getting in a slippery slope but do you establish something of a religion do, to uh, not instill fear amongst your followers <laughs> that's the wrong that's the wrong choice of words but you know the people will follow you. <laughs> you. You've seen The Village, the M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yeah. Like, awful film. But they have an established culture, I suppose. It's not necessarily religion. No, but it's, well... It's fanaticism. No, but I guess I was, I was just saying, we'd mentioned religion and it's what led me to think yeah, about yeah. this. I'm not saying it's this is religion, but it's the idea people haven't seen The Village. Spoiler alert, it's crap. Uh, but I was going to say it's not religion it's a fanatical philosophy which is religion but in the end they're living in this village these monsters surround it in the end it turns out oh they're actually living in the modern world they're just living in this secluded area and they created this myth of these monsters living in the surrounding woods to stop people from ever leaving yeah I'm not saying we'd do that but we could (laughs) do that yeah like um, or something like that uh, bombs drop cities are fucked we make it out to this island with whatever our 50 people mm. and we decide as a society of 50 people that we will tell all the next generation that there's super mutants on the mainland it's completely irradiated you can never go there yeah you'll die you'll like you're fucked so like two three generations later like they're just never leaving there they're in like they they take that as complete another gospel like, yeah. yeah we're going completely against what we originally said I know, yeah. we'll have we're scouts going out. Out. 
So, like, but you but no, still have that. One way to do but it. that you'd have the scouts going out, but they are of the higher echelon of your community. That's where I think me and you would do it. Like, we'd be happy. Yeah. Okay, you know what? We started this settlement, but we understand the greater good. Yeah. We're going to hand over leadership, and we'll become the scouts. And in a way that makes us even in more of a leadership role because we're yeah, deciding yeah. who goes back, who yeah. go, who comes back, but also what information we get out here do we bring back to the others oh yeah so we come back up man the place is full of super mutants but we found these guys they're good <laughs> yeah don't tell them about anything <laughs> but this like utopian society that's been built up yeah, yeah. we've got all these people who are exiled no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to lie to people but that's where like all the myths we have and i think those conspiracy guys those conspiracy guys.com go to that if you haven't heard that podcast very yeah, good yeah. friends of ours good lads uh, i think they talked about it on like their bigfoot episode where they're just talking about like all the sort of cryptoid monsters from mythology. Oh yeah, they, a lot of them would have just sprang up from like different villages, like just myths existing in these little villages to keep essentially to keep children from fucking straying too far away from home. Yeah, yeah. Because they might just be like kidnapped or whatever, but like create a bigger monster to sort yeah. of control them, and then it just sort of spread, and it was a way to control the people. Yeah. And whether we do it or not, I can see that as being a very popular method of yeah like, keeping your village under control even in, just in the apocalypse. like but you can keep it as simple as it's really dangerous out there mm. it's mad max world out there it's dangerous you yeah know? and to the point that even the people you send out as your skates whether it's you and me or not once they've that philosophy in their head and they approach the world with the idea that it's very dangerous out there yeah whether it is or not they'll still think that you know what i mean it's kind of yeah, yeah they'll still operate very carefully and and they will probably undoubtedly see dangers, whether there's a whole new society has been yeah, yeah. They'll still see it in our our little world is safer and nice and it's good and that's where our family is. You know, it's uh, It's funny because this episode's gonna be called like uh building a, a post apocalyptic settlement. But I think it should be called How to Instill Fear in Your Post Apocalyptic Settlers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just kind of where we are now. Yeah, um, yeah. No, no, we, yeah, we kind of wouldn't go with that route. That's just an option. Because, yeah, like, yeah. the people listening to this, you might have another opinion. You're free to do it that way. Just offering advice. Yeah. It's like, um,. Should we uh, revisit this again and wrap up for now? Yeah, we've a lot more to explore. With yeah, I don't think we, t- um, even though we touched a bit on currency, I think there's so much more to talk about them, like the economy of your post-apocalyptic yeah, settlement, yeah. trading routes, like setting up trading routes. Yeah, what, like we haven't really gotten to what happens if there's another community nearby. No, we, I, I know we, we. I know we talked about like the whole like, oh, there could be a bigger government yeah, or whatever but i don't think we even touched on that like answering to the crown we, like we bear like that was we just said there could be a crown yeah we, <laughs> but like we we didn't even plan for that that was just something that came up i think like yeah, that's yeah. something we need to like think about and do an episode about i think uh this might be a, a series of podcasts like different aspects yeah. of the post-apocalyptic settlement yeah but just before we finish up i had mentioned it to you about doing an idea i had for doing like the worst countries to be in for the yes, apocalypse yeah, well, I meant to talk to you about this earlier and I totally forgot well, we can talk about it now and like people can weigh in how do you think do you think we just do an episode called the worst countries or do we pick a country for each episode like the, oh okay just so do, like, do, do a list segment 
we'll like do an episode worst country like it'd be a, a mini series we'll do yeah, one yeah. every few months or whatever and it'll be like oh, okay. worst countries live in the apocalypse Ireland yeah. and then the next episode could be America and we just yeah. talk about why but then also there could be countries that'd be really good so you'd do uh, best countries to be in for the apocalypse <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's a good episode either way but do you think there's enough to do it as a few to pick a country per I episode so. yeah, yeah. I think so yeah that's a good way good. to talk about different countries and cultures and why definitely yeah, yeah if we did one every couple of episodes yeah yeah be good uh, a worse than best let us know too if, you, if you're not interested in listening to it if you think that's a terrible idea tell us tell us if you think it's a good idea because we mostly do like what or what we hope people want to hear anyway yeah and I like that if there is anything you want to hear hit us up on Twitter or Facebook of at disaster artist podcast I think just at disaster artists on both of them I think it used to be so yeah yeah Facebook is a podcast is a part okay Um, sorry and YouTube is um or it's not YouTube, uh, sorry. So we are on YouTube too. We've got yeah. no videos, but we are on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we will be doing videos though. It's just... At Disaster Artists on Twitter. You can find anything really at disasterartistspodcast.com and there's links to everything there. You can also go to, to our store and you can support us by buying a, a, a lovely t-shirt. Uh, or a mug. Or a mug. Or a, like phone cover or a laptop or, like, or I was going to say a mouse mat do people still use mouse mats is that a thing is there a mouse mat on it I don't know <laughs> I think there might oh, there's a laptop case oh, which actually really? looks kind of cool I kind of want one of them I've yet to get a t-shirt I keep going next payday I'm going to buy a t-shirt and then I get to payday and go shit I've no money <laughs> <laughs> they're on sale at the moment well they won't be on sale when this goes up but you okay. can get one at the moment for 14 euro I'll do that then they're on sale regularly we're going to actually because we're, we're going to get a code for people to listen to it so as we can give you a code to get like 2 or 3 euro off yeah um, the t-shirts look cool as well I bought one they actually like look, yeah, look they cool nice. um, and you know I have supporters we don't get a huge amount but uh, we get a good amount for, uh, for uh, helps yeah. Uh, you can also just random if you want to randomly donate you can just do that there's a link on our yeah, yeah. on our uh, on our website I forgot the word for website there <laughs> um, and you know anything helps you know if it's the I, I like the uh, what you call them weekly planet oh, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, the way they phrase it the, if, if it's amount of money that you could lose from your pocket behind the couch and you wouldn't notice it then donate. But anything more than that, don't even consider donating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. um, like, if you know it's a missing, then no, it's not worth it. Like, yeah. Because we, we know the value of a dollar. <laughs> if, if you open your wallet, you go, oh, I thought I had a euro in there. Oh, well. Then yeah, if you say... Zero. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say even if you, if you notice enough that, oh, I thought I had a euro, then probably don't stop at that. Because <laughs> uh, that's how I'd be. But... Um, yeah. Yeah, we're probably going to do Patreon soon enough. We need yeah, to. Yeah, we need to create some extra content and stuff. First. Yeah, I think we have the extra content. It's like we need to like because we're not officially a business. We need to set up business accounts and shit. It's uh, we need to pay taxes for shit like that. It's uh, uh, not that I, I mean want to pay taxes to the crown, of course. Yeah. but it's just it's the effort of sitting down and sorting that out. Everybody is equal. But we will do that eventually. But yeah, to be honest. If you don't have, if you, if you don't want to buy a T-shirt, if you just don't like them or you don't have the money, the best way you can support us is to keep listening, to subscribe, to share it, and to go that extra mile, you can review us and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to. That's actually the yeah. best possible way yeah. you and can do it. If you give us 
One star or five stars. Make it funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If it's worth me taking a screen grab and posting on Twitter, I don't care how yeah. many stars you give. It. Oh no, it's like if if our if our average rating was one star, but our reviews were as funny as that, I'd be so happy. Yeah, because I'd probably listen to that podcast as well. If I randomly saw a podcast with those type of type of reviews, <laughs> I'm downloading that shit. Yeah, um, we could be we could we could uh, go from being the Hawkeye of podcasts to the Room of podcasts, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Might even go as far to say that's what I've always hoped for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have a nice apocalypse. Stay safe and be prepared, comrades.